Hello and welcome to the Vertical Viewing Podcast from Vancouver, British Columbia. This is episode number 103. Dun, 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 dun. My name is Scott. My name is Jared. My name is Michael. Nice. Bam. It's, this a, is, it's a special episode or something. Yeah, it's kind of special. Is, is this is this it's the Verdes? Oh, this is, this is the second annual Verdi Awards? <laughs> the, it's a little bit different than normal, but it's a special annual awards show. Yeah, if you're joining us for the first time on Vertical Viewing, this is not our normal setup setup at all. It's going to be a little more loose. We don't do lists every day. Fast and loose. We're, we're doing some deliberations. Uh, the plan this week is to figure out as a team the biggest surprises the biggest disappointments, the best old film of the year, and the worst film of 2016. So there's a few things that we, we're going to hammer out. But wait. Together. I didn't hear about the best films of 2017. Well, that's that's coming in part two. Each one of you guys is going to tell me your favorite movies of the year. I'm counting down my top ten. You guys can do the same. Yeah, we that's are. the plan, right? Yeah, we will. At the end of this episode, we're going to share our top 10 that movies of main, 2016 the main event that's the main event in the, the title Nos- fight the nostromo ballroom is decked out that's why i'm wearing a black tie oh my god i'm in a full tuxedo i am wearing i'm just wearing the black tie i am wearing the dress that trey parker wore to the oscars in 1998 when <laughs> Which he is, was on acid 99 the one that he that jennifer lopez wore that's to what it is yeah the grammys the mtvs or yeah. something yeah amazing everybody Thank you for tuning in. This Welcome. is going to be a fun episode, I believe. We, we hope so. love that you join uh, us. Yes, the top 10 movies of the year. This is a big one. You can subscribe to all of our episodes on iTunes. Yes, please. Or through the podcast software of your choice. Including Stitcher. Which now includes Stitcher. Nice. It's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, when you're on iTunes, though, you can leave us a five-star review if you're down if you're one of the cool people in yeah, the room. Yeah, you, you just put a little five star there. And then I guess you can sometimes, some people, like write it in, in the box under there what they, Only like cool their people thoughts of once about again. the show or whatever. But you, don't we, write your thoughts about the show. We don't roll like that. We want you to do something different. What is that? Some sort of recipe? Yeah, put in a recipe. What? What's happening? This week. Oh, you guys didn't think of it again. Actually, I would like to know people's favorite sandwiches. Sandos? Yeah. I mean, we've asked for that. Come on. But zucchini loaf? How about sandwiches? Instead of using regular bread, you use some form of loaf. Wait a minute. I can't make a banana bread, cottage cheese, and pastrami sandwich. Pastrami sandwich. (laughs) You could do a PB&J, but banana bread, though. Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg making his appearance. Peanut butter, jelly, and banana bread? Actually, peanut butter, bologna, and cheese... Give it a shot. Sure. Okay. Wait, what? Well, if you guys don't want sandwiches, what do you want? <laughs> no. I'm open to other. No, I, I, I think sandwiches will do. Will do fine. They're making a comeback, even though they went. They never went anywhere. 2017. How about year you, of the how sandwich? About your favorite, more obscure sandwich recipe. Not like just a Sando. cold cut turkey. Yeah. Nothing plain. Okay. Let us know. Yeah, like, don't send us a peanut butter and jam sandwich no, recipe. No, please, just any sando you want is 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 what I'm down for. So okay, yeah. On iTunes, just check us out. Leave us your sando recipes. Uh, you can also visit our website, which is verticalviewing.com. We have that domain on lockdown. It cost us a fortune. We had to, like... Yeah, it's 
so expensive. Bribe the right people. Oh, man. Mm. Uh, But when you're on verticalviewing.com, that little donate button is totally shiny, totally awesome. You just click it. It is Uh, slightly mesmerizing. It it says... It says donate, and it, it it takes you to PayPal. Yeah, Dogecoin coming soon, but it helps Bitcoin coming soon. Us because we do this for the love of things. You know, we're amateurs. Yeah, Casper does not. We could compete in the Olympics. Nobody pays us to do this. <clears throat> we pay to do this. It's purely donation. So anything that you can do to help us offset the cost of seeing movies, putting on the show, uh, slicing off that internet pie. Jamming it in your ear. Then we even do the cleanup job. You it's know? gluten-free. It's hypoallergenic. Mm-hmm. Uh, no vegan, animals were harmed. Vegan-friendly. You know, you know, We're not reviewing a dog's purpose, so don't worry. You know, no one should go see that movie of animal abuse. Uh, you know, we're really philanthropic. Uh, we, we, we do... Philanthropic. Philanthropic? Philanthropic. Philharmonic. <laughs> there it is. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> Vertical viewing, we're just a bunch of really good dudes, you know? Uh, and if you want to donate, that's cool. We would appreciate it. If you don't want to go to verticalviewing.com, then that's that's fine. We're still, still going to do this. We are con- going to continue to do this regardless. This still be free episodes. Uh, you can send your thoughts and recommendations to our email address, which is verticalviewing at gmail.com. At gmail.com. We're on Twitter at verticalviewing. We're on Instagram at verticalviewing. Um, I am on Letterboxd. If you want, you guys got to get into it. It's really peace. It's a really great way to, you know, you put movies on your wish list and then you can kind of see them as you go. M- you know, mark log rewatches of stuff or first time watches. You can kind of say, when did I see this? Ladderbox will give you all that info. Because you happened? can't always put uh, a movie on your shelf, you know, you might go, you might forget. Mm-hmm. When you saw that. And it's like a little diary of all your little watch. What happened movie to the watches. third E? They don't do vowels, except they do. So yeah, it's letterboxed. They, they broke their own rules. <laughs> but if you search uh, Scott Wilson on letterboxed, two L's, you'll find me on there. Or S-K-O-T-T-E. Keep it real. Um, let's get these. Let's get this awards show started, guys. Yes. Um, why not? Uh, is, is there any other housekeeping we need to do? Not really? No? No, that covers no. it. Guys. We all got our little documents up here. Dun, da, da, da. Before we get into things, though, I do want to do a quick rundown of the 2015 Oscar Isaac Awards and the results of which we're doing a we're doing a spoiler on last year's episode. Oh shit! Okay. If you haven't listened to that now, though, that's fine. But listen you, to it; it's listen great stuff. It. We deliberate, we boil everything down, and the results of our 2015 Oscar Isaac Awards. We came up with the biggest surprise of the year. Do you guys remember what it was? Biggest surprise. The biggest surprise of 2015. This was a pretty unanimous thing across us and, you know, all of pop culture. Dude, that was a year ago. Yeah, I can barely remember <laughs> what I had for breakfast. <laughs> uh, yeah, there it is. So um, the, the uh, biggest surprise, according to us, of 2015 was uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, yeah. That's just firmly in my forever... Library and yeah, I that's yeah. just always awesome. Um, the biggest disappointment of 2015. I we, dis- I disagree with this. <laughs> we marked it to Jurassic World. I uh, thought it, I thought it was Spectre, but our our decision came to Jurassic World. Yeah, I just think, throwing that out there again. I I don't think Spectre was as bad as Jurassic World was. That's I think what we came to is that Spectre is just kind of blah and 
you know, kind of. Yes, but Jurassic World still has dinosaurs. I know, and that's but it's it's still it's so bad. Spectre has. Anyway, we've already been through this on that episode. <laughs> Best old film of 2015. It can't go anything. It can't like no one else can get this award other than Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension. That's almost like the best old movie every year. Sorry, The Adventures of oh, Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension. Uh, and then the worst film of 2015, we marked that one down to Terminator Genesis Sips. Well, I forgot about the Genesis Sips. We we chose that one over Fantastic Four, which I thought was a bit controversial, but um, we really wanted to make a point about how they're both dog so awful. shit embarrassing. Yeah. Genesis is Term- Fantastic Four has yet to be good. Terminator has come from Being greatness. Really good. So to see it drag through the mud like this, it sips shit. <laughs> yeah. And they need a lot of they need to do a Force Awakens kind of reboot of the Terminator franchise. Yeah. We'll, see which, what, we'll see what Tim Miller does. Which Tim Miller of Deadpool fame is doing with the help of James Cameron coming back on board as producer. Isn't because, that exciting? Because the rights to Terminator have been pillaged and turned to dog shit and they're I returning think to him. Anna Perna Pictures just let them lapse again and they're coming back to James Cameron in twenty nineteen. Thank you. Buddha. Does it even matter though? Does I think Genesis has muddied the waters so bad, and even Salvation no, and here's Rise the, of the Machines. Like we have, but th- you do an alien thing where you just forget the shitty ones happened, and right, you can do okay. you can do stories without John Connor and without Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator if you want. Like you could Rogue One this and make a great Terminator. I would just pretend nothing happened after Judgment Day. Can we? Can we forget about John Connor like forever? I'm done. That story has been played to death. We know every single possible thing about John Connor. Like, you know, the length of his pubic hair is depicted, I think, in part 17. You know, who knows? But we have had like 85 different people play John Connor. It's ridiculous. Here's my wish list. I would love for John Connor to be one of the leaders of the resistance from around the world. And we've only ever been seeing this side of the story, but there are a bunch of other resistance leaders that have the same sort of thing has been going on with. They're all cloning John Connor. No, but like there's multiple Terminators going back in time exactly. to stop multiple multiple people rebel leaders. Some of them are maybe successful, but like so much stuff. Easy to do awesome things. Yeah. Why did they suck every time? Genesis, I think it's it's hard to come back from that stuff. That uh that movie is dog shit. So are we gonna get Dwayne Johnson in this one? You need you need franchise Viagra. Fran- yeah, franchise Viagra. Okay, okay. He revitalizes franchises. <laughs> Um, (laughs) so guys let's move on to the 2016 oscar isaac awards let's beginning with the biggest surprise of 2016 uh and what we have in the list so far is six films hell or high water 10 cloverfield lane deadpool deepwater horizon swiss army man and midnight special so the plan here is for us to chip away at this. Chip away at this list until we have so one one film that we unanimously can agree on. So what are we considering here for criteria? Is it that we knew it was coming and weren't ex- wasn't expecting it to be so good or stuff like Hell or High Water which sort of came out of nowhere and was amazing and, and Midnight Special as well sort of. I yeah, cuz I think regardless of how we take it though, I think like Deadpool it was not a surprise. Like, we were hoping it would be good, and it was better than we expected. 
So it's not it's not, it's a not the biggest surprise. It's not a surprise how great that movie well, was, though. Do, do you guys realize this, this? It might be nominated for an Oscar. That's the thing. This like, this episode should be going up the day before the Oscar nominations come out, and uh, there's a good chance that Deadpool wins a Oscar nomination for Best Picture, which is a big surprise. Absurd. That's amazing. I can't say absurd. I disagree. I can't say I disagree with it. It's completely warranted. Um, I, I I probably agree. We should probably so knock maybe, it off the list. Well, then but. maybe no. Maybe biggest surprise at just how well received. No, but then that's not about the movie. So mm-hmm. I agree. Chuck, well, can just we, chuck, chop it. Can we take Deepwater Horizon off? Yep. Because <laughs> I knew Red well, wanted to take that off I, right now. I enjoyed the movie, but I don't think it fits into this category. I don't think it. Yeah, it's not a surprise to me. I don't didn't love it. To, to me, it's it's. I, I love Deepwater Horizon for the same kind of reason I love Patriots Day, and thankfully it's less political. Just how visceral it, it was. It absolutely like it's like, a masterclass intention. Like what yeah. Mike Mike said during the review, he, he he a tear rolled out of his eye just in pure like astonishment at the, the when it the explosion the eruption sequence and, it was in that movie. No, so the only time man, I'm such a f- suck now, but like. When he he's pulling the glass out of his foot. No, when he sees his daughter, like in the he like in the hotel. Yeah, finally, yeah. like that. I lost it. I was like, oh god, <laughs> damn, it's his little girl. Yeah, I've got one of those. I, okay, so, okay, I guess we can we can knock Deepwater Horizon off. It's not one of the biggest surprises of the year. Great film, but not one of the biggest surprises. Yeah. I just, I just, I had no hope for that, and I, I think it's a really, really great movie. Um. But, it, it is, but yeah, take take it off. Um, and we're are we losing Deadpool? I, I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think? Ooh, there's an argument f- for that though. Let's, let's like, leave it on said. the list for now, guys. Yeah, leave it to on me, the list for to now. me, like something like Deadpool is not as big a surprise as like Swiss Army Man. Like Swiss Army Man was like, excuse me, yeah, a you know dead what? Daniel Radcliffe farting is an amazing movie and that like touching and touched me yeah. deeply. I think we just solved this category. Like when we're looking at it like that, Swiss Army Man is such a ridiculous premise. How was this good? Midnight <laughs> Special hit me like that too, though, right? Like not in the same way that it seems absurd, but like. It was like a an original premise yeah. about this kid. You didn't you, you never really knew what was going on. You got some sweet that was a alien tight architecture. Film. However, it, Midnight Special is Jeff Nichols who did Take Shelter and Mud. So this guy's like really tight. Yeah, we've like seen good work in the past. A dope director, dope writer. So So we were expecting it for, to be good. When he goes into sci fi and he's doing this sort of he, he he went into Stranger Things uh territory before Stranger Things got there. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, his film came out, I think, in April and Stranger Things debuted in the summertime. So maybe then because the Swiss Army Man was directed by those music video guys, right? The Daniels. The Daniels. So maybe that is a surprise because that was a real an unknown, right? These guys hadn't done something like this before. So for them to do this and for it to be so good, doubly surprising. Okay, we're we're, we're making a real strong case for. Swiss Army Man. We we still need to weigh some other things. Well, sure, Hell so, or High Water, as you wait, said, wait, Michael. Midnight, I think Midnight Special is coming off the list, though, right? Like, yeah, like, because, yeah, yeah. For the reasons you just said, I think like we, he's an, an amazing director that we already expect big things from. Anyway, yeah, it's not like we would be surprised any villain of puts out a great movie. Yeah, Arrival would never be on this list. Yeah, yeah not a surprise. Like mo- most highly anticipated and big, biggest payoff. Yes, <laughs> Arrival. <laughs> 
Best uh, movie ever of all time. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> we're, we're leaving Deadpool on the biggest surprise list just for now. Just for now. So let's, let's talk about 10 Cloverfield Yeah, I was going to say, is that on here simply because it was a surprise it was a Cloverfield movie? I was surprised at how good it was. I, th- I think that, true. that took Goodman a lot was... of people. That took a lot of people by surprise this year. Is is how yeah, how yeah, watchable and how entertaining and tightly made. Like I would argue that um, a Ten Cloverfield Lane is a is a more tightly constructed thriller than Split is. Ooh, oh, I, sure. I felt the other way. Well, oh, really? It, in terms of it, it's it read. It's a lot more lean and it's much more tightly edited. And I feel like there's less fat on it. Like Split feels like it's a you know like I said a. It's a bit too long in that one. I think I, I it's don't not know, as good. I don't know that I agree with you. It's not I, as good, but it's it's not as lean and ten, tightly packed. Well, the tension in Ten Cloverfield Lane is way better than Split. Like it, I don't it's, know. it's more constant. Well, I think if you had yeah. like the caliber of John Goodman playing the role of the Doctor, maybe we would have had. Well, maybe, but like in Ten Cloverfield Lane, he is a menacing individual, uh, and he he is terrifying. It's yeah. Whereas, whereas Ten Cloverfield Lane is more of a psychological thriller, whereas um, Split was a much more like yeah. And you know what? I might I might be saying this only because Cloverfield Lane is so it, it it's literally a tight movie. It's it all takes place in like a, a twenty foot by fifteen foot space, right? And Split does kind of it 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 gets outside. It branches away from this single area. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I think it probably. It doesn't stay on, right? Like I was I was excited 10? for it. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, I gotta say, Swiss Army Man to me is a bigger surprise than Cloverfield. Yeah. Yeah. Same with Deadpool. Okay, so wait a minute. Even on to so stay on Cloverfield, even with the ending of Cloverfield, it, it, it's funny we're talking about this so like close to shoehorning but the two films together and and and, it, and, and the, it's still working and the giant amazing sci-fi payoff at the end of. Oh, yeah, man. Of Cloverfield, Ten Cloverfield um, Lane, like that—that that really redeems the movie in a lot of ways, and and is pretty shocking, I guess. But I wouldn't say redeems the movie. I'd say like enhances. <clears throat> okay, yeah, sorry, not redeemed. Because it would be—I would have been fine if she got out and that was it. Like that would have still been a really well done. And it's left thriller. alone, yeah. But adding that extra bit on the end it was great. Okay, it, it's coming off though, right? Yeah. Hell or High Water, I don't know if I would put on here because it's a solid, like, it was a surprise in the fact that I didn't even know this was a thing until it came out, but it's got a solid cast. Yeah. Like, Jeff Bridges, Chris Pine, and then my bro, Ben Foster. He doesn't know that yet, but (laughs) buddy, buddy. Um, Like, I would expect nothing but a great performance from all of them. Yeah, I I kind of agree. Like, this was only a surprise in... It's just how it's like a uh, how how great it is for such a simple premise and such a seemingly well worn story. Like it's bank robbers, yeah, and brothers, yeah, at arms and stuff. And yeah, it's, yeah, but it's not when you really think about it. Like, is it a surprise that a movie about like Robin Hood style bank robbers in Texas is an entertaining movie when it has these great actors in it? Yeah, not really, right? Yeah, and Jeff Bridges is just amazing. Just killing it. Like, why were we surprised? It can't stay on this list. No. So it's down to Deadpool. Tell me, tell me why Deadpool is more surprising than Swiss Army Man. And if you can't, then we have our winner. 
Deadpool is more surprising than Swiss Army Man because it had massive box office appeal despite being an R-rated comic book movie. It had four quadrant appeal, right? Like it's this yeah. thing like like older women like this movie and you know like you look in every demographic and you kind of can find Deadpool fans, I think. Like does this movie not reference things like Reddit and like self-references Ryan Reynolds as an actor while the person making the reference is Ryan Reynolds. So here's, I think here's, those are great points. I'm going to throw some more stuff in for Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds has done superhero stuff before. Poorly. Poorly or mediocre at best. Uh, again, with the R rating, this could have been very, very bad. Like the, the fourth wall breaking mm-hmm. could have just turned out terrible. It, had so much trouble getting made the leaked footage being the thing that greenlit it because the studios didn't have any faith in it sort of was working against it all and then finally it released after an absolutely brilliant marketing campaign and just destroyed everything like it was way better than i I knew it was probably going to be entertaining but i did not expect it to be so good so that's like that's what why i think it's It's, a big surprise it's a pretty spectacular movie like but just let me outside of what tim said way back when we reviewed age of ultron he, he, he loves he loves iron man one the most because it doesn't feel like a comic book movie mm-hmm. and and that's where you, you need to you need to march in that territory to make i think a comic book movie successful please everybody but don't make it feel like a comic book movie while still pleasing the diehard comic book movie fans hence why a movie like unbreakable is so great because it's deals with that material but doesn't you know f- literally frame each scene like yeah. like like Ang Lee's Hulk although to be fair <laughs> Ang Lee's movie. Hulk is I an is the best comic book movie because it's an it, it is a comic book mm-hmm. right the scenes are frames there's little text boxes that appear like it's also a comic book that's not winning any awards for it's a story. bad comic book but <laughs> and, it's a and, and comic book Dead, deadpool approaches some of that too there's no split screen stuff but you do get the sense that you are watching you know pa- pa- like panels kind He's, of he plays with coming the medium, to life for sure he plays with the medium i think and and i i haven't seen it done before but i don't know can I tell you why I think Swiss Army Man is a bigger surprise than Deadpool? Well, that's that's I think what we have to go with then. Like like it <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why I think it's a surprise. Yeah, like a movie If you don't know Jurassic Park, you, you don't, don't know, know shit. A bromance about a corpse. Like I didn't think that I liked Daniel Radcliffe really and I didn't know I everything about Swiss Army Man is a surprise. Every single thing that the story is sweet, that you know, it's what? funny. Okay. It, it, Swiss Army Man makes its case just by itself. It, it, it is the clear winner. I we need a few more chops to the trunk of Deadpool to knock this tree down. Um, I'm still not fully convinced that it isn't a giant surprise because Swiss Army Man, I think, is the winner. But I need a bit more convincing on that why Deadpool isn't it, or why yeah. why uh, Swiss Army Man is more so. No, I Swiss Army. I'm convinced. Why Deadpool is less so? I, I I guess to me, Deadpool is. We know comic book movies can work. Yeah, and, it's a Hollywood blockbuster, and right? and like it's and a we big know budget movie. We we know that R rated comic book movies, some of them 
we asked for Deadpool. Well, y- yeah, right. Like the movie came. The movie is exists because the internet <laughs> said we want a movie and this is what we want. And Ryan Reynolds is Wade Wilson. Like nobody said that casting was a terrible decision. Yeah, everyone was expecting based on all of his previous roles and his filmography and crap. He is just he is Deadpool. Okay. So the the odds weren't against this movie no. really. They, they you know they the, say it, they were, it, it but went, yeah, they, they yeah. weren't. Right? Why the studio thought Deadpool was not a good idea just shows why Hollywood makes bad movies, and that's why a Best Picture just. Not to keep, not to stay on this topic oh, that here. Would be such a hopeful that that would change the way Hollywood would look, even yeah. would look at rated R movies and comic book movies in general. If if they could realize that, okay, maybe comic book movies aren't just for kids for real this time. That they're big money. Yeah, if, but not just they're big business. They're big business for adults. Yeah. So that changes everything. You don't have to appeal to kids to make the big bucks. Because you can the, make a billion dollars aiming only at adults. There's the Oscars the Academy's still paying for two thousand and eight when the Dark Knight did not get a Best Picture nomination, which is why the subsequent year they expanded to ten nominations. It's because of what happened with the Dark Knight getting snubbed and everyone knew uh, that probably should have made it. Dark Knight was half an but, hour too long. And, I know, well, I don't like it. I mean, there's a whole lot of problems with the Academy Awards, if we get into it, but... Yeah. And they're and they're arbitrary, so we can kind of... That's true. We'll see what happens. But I, I, I have a strong want. feeling that Deadpool is going to snag one, uh, and Swiss Army Man wouldn't, but that's not what we're talking about here. Yeah, I think Swiss Army Man's the biggest surprise, 2016. I, I'm, I'm going to say that, too. Everyone kind of is in full agreement here. Yeah, I mean, Deadpool is great, but Swiss Army Man... I like, just, it's so unique and so out there, and how does this work? There's going to be a lot of talk about Swiss Army Man in this whole episode, I think, so... Probably. Um, but yeah, uh, for a movie that vulgar on the surface and that ridiculous and... The fart joke for everyone. And and for, not for it just to be made, but for it to be that outlandish and that insane and that touching at the same time and, and truly having a message to say about, you know, holding your feelings inside and finding somebody who will accept your weirdness and allow you to let your yeah. feelings out, including your farts, which, like, the, the the vulgar joke of Swiss Army Man turns out to be one of the most touching messages of the year, which is let let your feelings out. Don't don't hold your farts in. <laughs> yeah. Um, Man, such a good movie. Guys... We can lock that down. I hope you understand that I just wanted to give Deadpool oh, its for sure. time. Yeah, totally. It, it deserves just, It deserves that. It was worthy that, of that uh, discussion. That's kind of what this is all about, right? That's just respect for the... Um, oh, man. There's a lot of options for biggest disappointment. <laughs> so I think there's a couple it, guys. of... I, there, so for biggest <laughs> disappointment... Um, so, okay. So our options here are, just for the listeners, because you can't see our yes, list. Yes, of course. Suicide Squad... Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, High Rise, The Magnificent Seven, X-Men Apocalypse, or Apocalypse, Hail Caesar, Jason Bourne, and Triple Nine. Alright, so... It's kind of a big list. I think yeah. we can knock some stuff off pretty quickly, right? Uh, yeah, I want to get High Rise off there for two reasons. Um, one is it's a 2015 movie, <laughs> and two... Um, Okay. Is I loved it, so it wasn't a disappointment when it came out the year before this list. <laughs> I can't believe you <laughs> love High Rise. Oh, because I'm it was still a thinking about it, man. It's that awesome. Movie sucks. No, it was about a 
paradigm shift towards technology and the failure or success in a, in adapting the to o- such. The only cool part of High Rise is when he peels the flesh off of these skulls. The face. <laughs> oh. It's absolutely disgusting. It's so traumatic. Uh, all right, guys. That's so off High the Rise list. is gone. Triple uh, uh, Nine. Didn't see it did, yet. Did you guys see that yet? No. Uh, I haven't. So let's get rid of that because I can't speak to it. Um, I mean, would you think it's nor the biggest had disappointment? I seen don't, Born. don't, don't take Triple Nine off just yet. I want, I want to talk about the cast for Triple Nine. This movie is terrible. It's yeah, the cast was huge though, and th- th- this movie is really dull and really boring, and just like methodical and just le- like. It's, in the worst ways. There's others on this list, though, that I think Triple Nine is not going to okay. surpass. But However, let me, I, I think l- I respect your your uh, l- respect l- for it. Let me do this. The cast of Triple Nine quickly: Casey Affleck, Kate Winslet, Norman Reedus, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Aaron Paul, Anthony Mackie, Gal Gadot, Woody Harrelson, Clifton Collins Jr., uh, and Michael K. Williams. And you took you took that cast and you Holy turned crap. a movie. You made a movie that people don't even remember that it even exists. Wow, uh, that is a big failure. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not going to win the biggest disappointment just because you guys didn't see it. But, but Triple Nine is—I I can't believe how bad it was, and, and just how squandered that cast is, man. Hmm. So, um, so Hail Caesar. Why? Why is that on here? Because it's bad, and I wanted it to be so good. It's not. Is it bad though? We what? haven't. None of us have given it a rewatch, which is what we talked about during the yeah, review that we probably, all needed to do. It probably needs one. Um, I was really disappointed with it. weren't, weren't you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was. Again, I, I, it goes back I, to the review. I was disappointed that it was sold as something that it wasn't. Like it, I was really expecting to go in and have this kind of caper movie where George Clooney is kidnapped and Josh Brolin enlists the help of all of these eclectic yeah, cast it characters. It wasn't wacky at all. No, was it? it wasn't. It was a bunch of like disparate stories that had nothing to do with each other, and hmm. I, it, it was like Hollywood yeah. loving itself. Uh, okay. Well, okay. Let's it's, keep that it, on there for now. For now, X Men Apocalypse. This um, this thing is Apocalypse is supposed to be one of the most terrifying and powerful of X Men's adversaries, and as you hilariously pointed out, Scott, I believe in this film we see that his superpower is designing sweet costumes. Yeah, he just will give you an awesome cape. Let me just change the collar up a little bit. Also, to knock this up a bit. Apocalypse is played by Oscar Isaac, who is the namesake for the Oscar Isaacs Awards. Oh, yeah. And he was the most disappointing part of the entire movie. Yeah, yep. He was really bad in yep. it. Yep. He was uh, Ivan Ooze from yeah, the Power Rangers. The old Power Rangers movie. <laughs> so, okay, op- we'll Apocalypse keep- is really bad, but it's it's to the point where... There are all the X-Men movies are bad. I know, though. but I don't remember anything about Apocalypse at all. Well, but is it? Were you really disappointed, though? Like, Did you expect that this was going to be good? Well, I don't even know. Based on the trailers I saw, no, I was not expecting much of this. I did not expect it to be good. Michael, so I Michael Fassbender say. sending that locket through the dude's heads and shit. Pretty, pretty Fassbender's good. good in everything, though. Okay. Even 300. Okay, that's staying on the list for, for now, right? Yeah. So can we... Here's Okay, I want to jump to the other end of things and offer my biggest disappointment, my case for the biggest one remaining on the list here. What do you think? 
Or should we continue to knock them off? You think Suicide Squad is the biggest disappointment of you 2016? Know, you know that really, I do. Really? Yeah. I would argue that it's Beavis. Batman versus... You thought that Batman versus Superman was going to be good. I was... I was really looking forward to seeing that. Think, think about how much hype and how much uh, stock was put into that by by Warner Brothers and the directors. Like this was going to be it. Like this was this was the the superhero movie everybody has been waiting for. Even the people who love Avengers movies, right? Like this is the two most iconic characters, maybe in pop culture, perhaps squaring Arguably, off. Yeah, you know, squaring off for the first time ever on screen. I hear you, but here's and why. The, and here's what we get. Here's why I disagree. Okay. One, I wanted it to be good, but I knew that it wasn't likely that it would be good. And two, why I that? don't think it's actually as bad as everyone makes it out to be. So I'm not quite. I, I gave it a three and a half. As so disappointed, I, I think it. I. It's I, incoherent, man. It's a t- like as a movie, it just is not. It's not a good. It's not constructed well. Su- Suicide Squad is a worse movie, but yes. I, I I don't think that it's it's not disappointing because it I, I I had a feeling that would suck anyway. Oh no! See, I was optimistic about Suicide Squad. I thought it was a great premise. I saw, you know, that trailer that came out with Queen in it. It's, that had it, me. It's an incredible trailer. The great trailer I, that actually set this on the path to being awful. It's ironic. That was the downfall. The fact that you clicked like on that trailer ruined the movie. You ruined the movie. Well done. See, I so I, I feel, don't click like. I feel your your thoughts on Suicide Squad he, accurately reflect mine on Batman versus Superman. He clicks dislike on the Ghostbusters trailer, <laughs> but you just don't click like. I make I make yeah. sexist comments on the Ghostbusters trailer. So yeah. you guys feel the same way, just about the opposite, opposite movies. movies. Okay, yeah. so help us, Scott. <sighs> Let's come back to both of those, okay? We need to whittle this list down. Magnificent, Magnificent Seven sucks. It's really shitty, man. And it's, it's disappointing fucking... because they sullied a, you know, like, why did they have to make that movie? Sim- similar case to Triple Nine. You have an absolutely stacked up cast that should not have gone to waste. And even Denzel Washington, who is great in every single thing he does, he could not give less of a flying fuck well i think he was trying to figure out what the fuck ethan hawk was doing and what movie he thought he was in yeah that movie was weird it's really fucking dumb right like why did this get made if, if we had a category for why you know most baffling actually i want to hear that there's another great podcast our listeners may not have heard of called how did, how this, did this, get this get made yeah it's another movie podcast where they talk about bad movies um uh, I would like to hear them do an episode on Magnificent Seven. What an unnecessary film. Nowhere near the biggest disappointment of the year because nobody cared. It's like saying Ben-Hur is the biggest disappointment of the year. Yeah, no, yeah. let's get rid of Magnificent Seven. It was bad, but I... And it was disappointing, but not as much as... Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. Same with X-Men. Can we can knock we... that off the list? And, and Apocalypse, we're done. We're kind of getting real tired of of the x-men and it's it's old hat and yeah, I, jennifer I lawrence is kind of over it and michael Fow- like we're all just co- we're all just collecting paychecks right yeah um how bad i haven't seen jason Bourne, so i can't comment. jason Bourne's biggest uh sin is that it's just boring more as hell no it's not if it was more of the same that'd be great my vote in this category we're at a standstill here because i think by far the biggest disappointing 
is born is born is born yeah yeah that, by far have you have you seen it yet no I, as i just said it's not I'm sorry it's not good at all like everybody phones it in the story doesn't make any sense you have matt damon and paul greengrass coming back which i read you're not a fan of the of the grass <laughs> uh or i mean sometimes you like the grass but paul greengrass he did the the best born films right I I love Supremacy Bourne. So and if you're telling me he, that the this is the like a bad Bourne movie, then I can this is I could be convinced that it's one of the biggest disappointments, well, but not bigger. It's not going to beat BVS. I don't think uh, Suicide. It's basically or. this year's Spectre. Like th- there's some good Daniel Craig stuff going on with Bond, and coming off uh, Skyfall. But Jason Bourne's way worse than Spectre, I think. Oh, that's bad. It's dude, you have to see this movie just to understand how squandered want to at all now. Um No, don't You're no, not they, selling me. Their depiction <laughs> their depiction of like hacking and stuff is just laughable. Th- th- this thing's a disaster, man. Jason Bourne is so like you know what Rob said after he saw it? Uh, he said that I think Paul Greengrass need needed a new, new garage. Yeah, a new house or something. Needed a new garage yeah. is what is what Rob said. It's it's people cashing a paycheck. Um, so I so still bad. think Suicide Squad because this is what was exciting me for a DC universe more closely resembling the Marvel universe where we were going to get the more out there heroes with the more uh, extreme abilities. We were okay. going to get away from okay. the gritty bullshit that Christopher Nolan <laughs> All right, okay. did well, but no one else, everybody wants to copy. Before we continue those, we're knocking Jason Bourne. We'll take it off. And, and hail Caesar off this list, right? Okay. I think wow. so. Yeah, okay. I think we should take Caesar off because it does deserve a rewatch, and none of us have done that we're yet. We're not giving it a fair shake if we call it the biggest disappointment of the no. year. I agree. agree. No. So now we're at a standstill. Ooh. Or at least, I mean, I, I'm on the side of Beavis just because of how monumental that task is. How I mean, could have been. Maybe it's it's actually not a surprise. Maybe it's not surprising that it's just even the source material people don't like, like the Frank Miller shit that it's based on. Well, some people don't here's like, an argument right? for so. Suicide Squad being the biggest disappointment hmm. in the form Ooh, yeah. in the form of Batman versus Superman. Uh, no one was a big fan of Man of Steel, and this is Zack Snyder again. So were we expecting this to be amazing? It, boom. Like, I was hoping it would be, but our expectations leading up to it, yeah. I think we're a you lot You nailed lower. it. It's, it was a second go for someone who we had already seen makes bad Superman movies. Whereas David Ayer, uh, directing Suicide Squad, there was hope that it would be... A better movie. We had hope that he was going to fix what uh, Snyder okay. screwed what up. What was going okay. wrong? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let me ask you guys this question because you you might remember the moment that that this happened to you at each point this year. So in 2016, back in I guess March of 2016, when news broke on the internet that Batman versus Superman's reviews were getting pretty rough <laughs> and getting it's getting rough out in the water there. When you found out that the reviews for BVS were bad, how did you feel? And compare that to how you felt when you discovered that the Suicide Squad reviews were horrible. I'm going to actually say that I I was more disappointed when the news broke that Suicide Squad was shit. 
I, I think the internet probably was more disappointed because we, as you said, we knew Zack Snyder was kind of a fucking moron. He can David Ayer, Superman just kind of sucks. And this is this is the. I'm a huge fan of Superman though. That, that's what my hang up. The problem is it was way too late. It was way too late. Beavis came out in March and Suicide Squad was coming out in August and you couldn't... It was way too late to reshoot the movie. It, it, the failure of Batman versus Superman perhaps affected how sloppy and cut up the Suicide Squad was. They felt, we gotta please fans. We gotta make this fun. Well, yeah, that, there, there's an interesting point there then. Was Batman versus Superman such a disappointment to everybody <laughs> that it actually screwed up Suicide Squad <laughs> and made it a disappointment? Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. Dis- yeah. Contagious disappointment. You needed another year in the can. Actually, you needed to probably scrap Suicide Squad and re reshoot it. Re- yeah, re everything. Well, now they have Justice League. Oh shit! Now I'm, they have can Justice we just League. Do a tie? <laughs> DC. Can we just say DC movie universe? No, no. We take take guys. If you could take Batman versus Superman off that for the sole reason that it, we know Zack Snyder yeah. makes shit yeah, movies. Yeah. Okay. Suicide yeah, Squad. So that is the point. Well done, Michael. And right, and no one expects anything from that moron, right? For him to make a movie that's disappointing is sort of mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense because we all have no faith in this idiot anyway. So to I think that's reiterate. being overly harsh. I, I like some of the pictures that he creates. He just he's he's gotta work on making coherent movies take it off guys biggest disappointment of the year 2016 is uh, suicide squad i love it let's take a little break guys um i i like those two picks biggest surprise swiss army man when we come back biggest disappointment suicide Squad. uh, best old film and worst film before our it's gonna be killer discussion of our top tens bam Do we get on with this? Do Let's we. do it. What is the best old film of 2016? So what is that category? Explain to me. So for new listeners, we, we have the award. It is best old film of the year. Now, what this means essentially is, if, if you've listened to the show before, you, you'll notice that we actually review older movies, sometimes randomly, sometimes in honor of some movie that's coming out soon yeah. or maybe you know. it's the anniversary of something or maybe all the movies that actually came out that week suck <laughs> yeah. or it's generally that yeah it can be or maybe we just remembered a movie that was so awesome that we had to do it instead yeah we we don't generally review bad movies as these throwbacks because we know that they're going to be pretty good usually or at least yeah. they, they have some merit we hope they're just ones that are sort of maybe you haven't heard of before so these are all films that we reviewed at one point in 2016 on the show you'll you'll find a full a full-length review of all of these movies mike what are they we have enemy by denis villeneuve ensemble by denis villeneuve uncle buck by somebody <laughs> I believe it's John Hughes. Okay. 
Time Crimes by some Spain. Spanish guy. Nacho Vigalondo, who has that colossal movie coming out. Oh, with yeah, and that looks so good. Anne Hathaway dancing uh, as a, a weird beast. And uh, hello, Pontypool. Uh, good old Pontypool, a Canadian film. Amazing. It's pretty good. Amazing. So we got those five, and they're all amazing picks for best old film of the year. So again, Enemy, All Sandy, Uncle Buck, Time Crimes, Pontypool. You guys say All Sandy funny. Pontypool, All Sandy, All Sandy, All Sandy. Is that what you want? All Sandy. Oh, you want to French it up? Okay. What can we take off? Uncle Buck. Incendies. That's that's how it's spelled. Yeah. <laughs> it's French for fire. So fires. We we can probably agree that Uncle Buck is not staying on this list, right? No, like, it's a great movie, but it's not the best one. I think I mean I can't knowing what I know about the movies on this list, I immediately just want to cry out The best movie for then. the for like the praises of Ensemble's as the best film of the year. Okay. Well make cases for the other movies otherwise, right? Enemy was great, but remember how when we were trying to figure it out, we found out that Dun- that Vil- Mr. Villeneuve uh, actually like explains the movie and kind of yeah. takes. Whose the- fault was that? That was mine. I'm sorry, <laughs> but you kind of wanted to know, though, right? And so, as much as that was interesting, it kind of takes the wind out of the sails, you know. <clears throat> yeah, it's still a great film, though. It it is. Denis Villeneuve sort of takes the the mystery out of it a little bit and the sci-fi sort of puzzle uh, ambiguity and this yeah the sizzle is gone the, the puzzle the, Fine, the take, puzzle let, is gone let's take it away you're right like him just flat out coming solving and, it for you yeah <laughs> it's like when someone's like hey do you want to do you want to hear a riddle and then they tell you the answer right after they tell you the riddle i, I i'm torn because i think enemy is like had we been, had we been doing the podcast in 2014, enemy enemy would have been my Isn't number it, I one. I think it was 2013. It came out in wide release in oh, 2014. Okay, okay. But yeah, like if if we had been doing the podcast then, enemy would be my number one movie. Yeah, I uh, remember seeing this at uh, the old International Village. Right, it, it it blew my socks off. And 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 I'm a Canadian, Toronto, born. Dude, essentially, yeah. This, uh, this movie was and so it, good, and it it hits a particular vibe. Like, like it's it's a super personal movie because of with its shots of the city and like immediately you recognize landmarks everywhere. Yeah, um, and, and Toronto's never looked the way that it does in that like movie. Yellow and smoggy looking and yeah. cloudy and like orange mist everywhere. It's like a Blade Runner kind of futuristic. Just weird. Washed out place. It 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 looks unlike anything. Like Toronto doesn't look like it looks in Enemy. Um, and, and for it to please me as as a huge, as someone who's from Toronto, um, if for it to sort of depict the city that way, and for it to still, well, it does a good be, job of making it a more subconscious. Yeah, it's environment. Like, yeah, sure the. Uh, uh, landscape of the I just architecture. I, I, I can't believe that we've pulled Enemy off the list before Uncle Buck. Well, oh, I think it's sort Uncle of a given that Uncle Buck comes well, off. Then here. take it off. It's making me sad. Uncle okay. Buck's gone. <laughs> um, time Crimes was 
I you guys had a had a real good time. It was on a time crimes, didn't you? Fun mind bender. <laughs> I loved how it adhered to strict time travel rules and didn't break its its own rules like Looper did within. 30 minutes yeah at, at every point there's you know in the background you know oh there's a another version of himself like they it was just layers though so like i don't actually know that to me this is better i mean also the it just wow i've never been hit by a movie like that like there's a moment in that film the, where, ga- the gasp sequence yeah, like, right like I've never felt like that in the movie before, never. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I have either. Where, where I I had that moment with her in the film, like her realization came with my understanding at the same time, and it was like her gasp was. I, I it was shared. You know, she was gasping for both of us. Yeah, and so one of the protagonists in Alsandi is essentially realizing the truth about. Oh, don't spoil anything. I'm not going to, but but the, the truth about her family lineage and and who she's connected to and 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 some of the extremely dark things that her family has has done and and that she is now related to by blood and stuff. It's all, so many dark and insane things happen in this gasp where she realizes it and then we cut to this montage where we get narration explaining who this character has been this whole time uh this this member of her family it, it's crazy it I, I think this has to be it also D, I'm, I'm sad that mike hasn't I seen this to see it like i don't know many movies that could ever really hope to stand up against this <laughs> well if it beats out like to me, Enemy was better than the other options on there. So if it beats out Enemy, then I'm on board, even though I haven't seen it. Pool was great, but I it is I great. I also I love Pool. I think it's a fantastic film. I think the premise is brilliant. It's original. I think it's really well shot. I think the one room drama is so incredible, but it doesn't hold a candle to the emotional drama if if, if we didn't review Alcindy this year it would easily be Pool. I think I think Pool is a fucking masterpiece. I really so do. So good. I, it every time I think about Pool, it makes my heart just smile and grow warm and then I start babbling like a, a damn fool. But then you go to and watch the stinger. And then I speak French. And then I'm okay. <laughs> you you go. Isn't that the stinger or the, something? The stinger makes absolutely no sense. I, it's like a Sin City situation. That's why the movie is so baffling and amazing to me. It feels like it's part of some other universe or something. It's crazy, man. Uh, it, it doesn't. It's it doesn't not quite hold as, a candle to also indeed. But it's but, not quite as heavy, right? Like it doesn't tackle the same. <clears throat> um, I do like the gravity of material. The, the fact that we're arguing over two Canadian films right now is kind of nice. Yeah, True that's enough. that's pretty cool. Should I point that out? Let's get on with it, though. The answer is also on D. I, I really feel bad cutting Pool because... It's it's a really great great movie, and I think everyone should see it. No, but I want to, like, I want to hug and kiss and marry Pool though. 
Okay. No, I really do. Like, I want to give it a big hug. I still don't really understand what the message is, and that's part of why I love it. I, I want to revisit this movie a bunch more times. Like, is, is Pawnee Pool trying to tell me that the media, like, the, the sort of di- verbal diarrhea that the media spits out is, is turning us all into zombies or, or something? Is that what is going on? Um, I, don't, I don't know. I just think that it's got a brilliant twist that it totally overcomes the zombie genre. Like, it's probably my favorite zombie movie. Yeah, I think of, it, of yeah, all time. Yeah, for sure. Might you be know? up there for me as well. But... Ensemble is the answer. Yes. Best old film of the year, everybody. Um, Sounds like one of the best films ever. The next o- Ensemble, one. Ensemble. It, it, yeah. it, it is yeah. one of the best Canadian films ever made. One, easily. Yeah, I don't, easily. I, and, and even take Canadian out of that, and it's still true. Um, the next category is a big one. Yeah, there's a lot of movies on the biggest. This is like best picture. You got to have like 10 nominations, right? Your like, worst film of the year. Yes. Oh, there's some doozies on Red, here. Red, what's on here? We've got Independence Day Resurgence. <sighs> Big candidate. That was poop from a butt. That movie's dog shit. We've got um, Gods of Egypt. Hey, can we take that off? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll wait for you to get through the list. We've got Knight of Cups. Ugh. We've got X-Men Apocalypse. Sorry, yeah. Apocalypse. We've got Warcraft. We've got Zoolander 2. Oh, I forgot that came out last year. We've got Inferno, Suicide Squad, and Office Christmas Party. <laughs> um, <laughs> hmm. I want to remove Gods of Egypt because I actually like it. We all kind of have <laughs> fun with it. Yeah, we we kind of... It's so... Alex Proyas is kind of the man. It, the, the thing is, though, it, it, it might actually be one of the worst films of the year. Like... You know, like if we're really getting getting down to it, yeah. But so, and, and there's another one that I want to take off, though. Like, uh, I think maybe before you take off Gods of Egypt, even Zoolander two, for example. Um, there's a scene that we have watched a couple of times here that we all laugh very hard at. You know, so to keep it on worst film of the year might be a little nar nar bobo. Sounds dope. <laughs> sounds fresh. I hate it. He's I even, love it. Yeah, man. He's he's even doing the voices. Check out this tattoo. I got it when my grandpa died. I hate, I hate it. it. I, I hate <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, it's got a couple of good scenes in it. So, worst film of the year, take off Zoolander 2 and Gods of Egypt. Okay, I'm down with that. Yeah, let's get rid of those. God, oh, Gods of Egypt. Man, that... Uh, it's so bad, but it's it's a good bad... Yeah, that's exactly right. Like you're watch the whole time you're watching it, you can laugh because you're just like, "Why are they all white if it's Egypt? Why are they all speaking English if well, it's Egypt? Why is it not actually Egypt and it's floating in space? What's why are going they on Transformers? With that yeah, why are they metal? What's going on? <laughs> I, in, in, a, in a way, it, how did it, he get his eyes to come out like that? I don't know. In in a way, Gods of Egypt is the shittiest movie that was on that list, man. Like I really think so. It they didn't even mm, try. I think there's two movies on here that are worse. Gods than of Egypt didn't even Gods try. Of Egypt. They kind of did though. They, they tried. They had it. cool special effects with the giant snake. They tried in their own way, man. Like, yeah. They had a specific vision of what they wanted okay. this film the to be. The day was hot. Like I, the demon hands grabbing you from the, the the depths of whatever. I'm not buying any of this, fellas. I'm looking at both of you, and I'm seeing the Alex Proyas 
fanboys staring back at me. And you're you guys are you guys are force feeding this shit. You guys it's are dark, really it's, it's Dark City too. You guys are force feeding this because you you want the Proyas trip like trilogy universe yeah. to be real. That no, 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 is confirmed. Yeah, but it, I could never vote for it as worst film of the year simply because if it's on, I'm gonna watch it. It's one of those movies that if it's on TV, I will gladly watch okay. the whole thing. Okay, yeah, and as I say, there are two movies. That are clearly worse. Okay, Knight of Cups. Yep. Oh, that is that a movie? That movie is. I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, how that gets greenlit? Like how someone said, "Oh, you're done." Okay, I'm not gonna watch it before uh, we just package that and send it out. It's it's because Terrence Malick gets final cut, and his his the final cuts of his movies literally take years like, to do i love terrence malick you know he is a brilliant filmmaker he when he's in it when he's at his best there are a few that can mm-hmm. can touch him however knight of what cups kind? was incomprehensible garbage yeah yeah and it, and it was sort of it feels like the anti la la land almost you know here's this this guy trying to make it in la and he's, he's full just, of angst and you know uh, he's he's not he's he's not getting where he wants, but it's so pretentious. It's so uninteresting. It feels like the least earnest thing ever. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like I why would care anyone, less like, that this guy is not who could care? Like who who could care about this movie? Right? Like oh, Christian Bale plays an actor who's in the desert, thinking about all the beautiful women that he it's that so he slept bad. with. It's so bad. That stays Do not on the list. watch this movie. Leave Knight of Cups on the list right now. Okay. Yeah. Also terrible. Can you guess? Uh, uh, Suicide Squad? Not as bad as... Inferno? Is still not as bad as... Warcraft. Didn't see it, but I bet it's not as bad as... I think the answer to this category is Independence Day Resurgence. Resurgence. That movie was so bad, and we were so excited. That could have also been Biggest Disappointment. If you want to talk about something that is literally incomprehensible... uh, Once again, it had the cardinal sin of just being boring as hell. And doing unexplainable... Like, you got got, uh, Vivica A. Fox to come back. Let's kill her in the first... Like, she only needs to be in it for five minutes. Then let's have the worst actor be on the screen the most. Yeah, the the children, they're they're trying to wedge these new, young, uh, you know, Fear Street, Goosebumps actors Uh, into the movie. Who could care? Again, that storyline was a waste of everything. And we get this interstellar war that we may be setting up for a third movie. See, I'm on board for that. But are you kidding me? You guys had the balls to think (laughs) that we cared about Liam Hemsworth and and, And his uh, tugboat and his plucky little young dude who wants to go out with the Chinese girl. And he's, oh my God. His his stupid tugboat spaceship. Remember how he saves them because they put their observation deck underneath the the unstable and super heavy and dangerous. (laughs) Okay, we're leaving... We're leaving these two on the list. X Men Apocalypse just it it does not belong here, right? It's, it's not the it's worst. It's not good, but it's not the worst. It's just so egregiously forgettable and boring. It's, it it elicited it's an, an emotional X Men movie. 
It Which, elicited an emotional response in me when Phoenix finally showed up, just because Phoenix is my favorite character. So I was like, ooh, goosebumps, but that was it. And I did like the... Uh, Quicksilver. The, the cool knives in uh, Archangel's yeah. wings. And the, Quicksilver. The Quicksilver scene itself should get this off the list because that was pretty great. <sighs> but they're just, they're redoing Days of Future Past. Like, yeah, good but, lord. But this that's thing still is something that, that Resurgence and Knight of Cups don't have. Is they don't have one redeeming scene like that. Okay. Like, there's a moment of brilliance. You okay, know? okay, okay. So, Warcraft <sighs> was disappointing. Ambitious. Ambitious. Didn't see it. It, it was, uh, well... The writing was atrocious. Mm-hmm. I can't, can't. I could. I lost count how many times they said "fell" in the same sentence. Like, like, oh, it's the fell energy. Watch out for the fell. The fell. The fell. The fell. The fell. Like, okay, we get it. That's the name of the magic that's in this movie. You don't have to say it every <laughs> single fucking time. I don't. I don't think this is the worst film of the year. But I, I could have seen it up in the disappointments category. Yeah, for sure. I I don't even know if it was up there, but um. Oh yeah, that's you know we. It that, wasn't the biggest disappointment, but it was uh, and it's not the worst film. Just for, on the the orc effects alone, are a pretty spectacular in that. And, like, and and they were they were characterized in a way that was actually pretty, interesting, pretty decent, and yeah. they were they, they were way more interesting than any of the human characters in the movie. They really should have just stuck with the orc side of it, well, and if, that would have been way they, better. They should have just CGI'd the humans. Like, give me some yeah. sort of, you know, maybe some Polar Express kind of stuff, and we would have been fine. Like, just CGI the whole thing, man. Yeah. But it's it's not one of the worst movies of the year. Let's, let's not... Oh, it is one of, but it's it, not it, the well, worst. It, it, yeah. It does have its redeeming qualities. Like, there's some cool shit in it, so... Get off this list, Warcraft. You don't belong here. Inferno. Dan Brown. This was a terrible movie. Yeah, this thing is dirty dog shit. <laughs> oh, man. Why do these things happen? Like, d- like, like talk about Angels. needing a new garage. Like, Angels and Demons and Da Vinci Code were not the best movies ever, but at least they could hold some excitement. Uh... It can't be the worst film of the year, though. But it, it doesn't. It doesn't have a that particular bored, A bored Christian Bale, a, walking aimlessly <laughs> in the desert for no reason. Um, look, hey, wait. Convince me. Convince me that Inferno is worse than Knight of Cups, though. I can't. Mike, can you convincing you that it's worse than Knight of Cups? Yeah. No. Inferno is just Inferno's not good, but it's not worse than Knight of Cups. It just it's it's just a movie. It's just it's a just shitty a, movie. Yeah. Inferno's just a it's movie a, you watch a, on the airplane. Yeah. Yes, it's an airplane movie. But it's not a good airplane movie. Take it off. Cut that shit. Bye, Inferno. Is Suicide Squad one of the worst films of the year? One of. Why is uh, Batman vs. Superman not on this list? I don't know. I don't know. We can't ask ourselves. You know, we can't nominate. The list was already huge. It was too too big to begin with. Is Suicide Squad worthy of being here? Really? Uh, No, I still. it still had redeeming qualities, and I had fun during some of it. I wouldn't say it's the worst film of the year. Like, it had Margot Robbie's ass, so... (laughs) Uh, Well, like, (laughs) there was some comedy. Everybody loved that. Captain Boomerang had some good lines. 
Uh, Will Smith is actually quite decent. And El Diablo, El Diablo, oh yeah, that's true. Demon was I super loved cool. that that scene. Was you are right, totally awesome. Although then, but then you have like the Gator Man who's like, "I'll get them," and then he like crawls down into the sewer, and it looks silly as fuck. Yeah, there's a lot that looks silly. A lot. Yeah, th- this goes back and forth. Okay, leave it on there. And then the last film on here. Office Christmas Party. I didn't see this. Uh, We're taking this off. It, yeah. it, it, it's shit. These movies come out all the time, though. Like, they're not... I mean, shitty comedies that it's, nobody... It's, it's really poor, though. Like, it's 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 really bad. Uh, and it squanders a great cast. But it like, it is trying so hard to be this... Raunchy. It's like a National Lampoon shit. It you know? sucks. It's one of the few roles I've seen T.J. Miller in and didn't find him that funny. Yeah. I, I, I felt bad for the, a like, lot of the cast members with the material they were given Yeah, for, for that ridiculous movie. It, in fact, uh, Office Christmas Party was so bad that our review of it that week, we had to pretend that we also reviewed Spectral, kind of. Yeah. Because it was just... Yeah, which is... Maybe on the biggest surprises list. That's true. Spectral is awesome. Yeah, it was really fun. But um, I, I think this really is a race between Resurgence and Knight of Cups All right, for me. Suicide Squad is off because of El Diablo. It's not. It's not the worst film of the year. It's because the worst because archaeological instructional video. Okay, ever, Resurgence is way worse than Suicide Squad. Way worse. Oh yeah, and I think time. Resurgence is way worse than Knight of Cups because Knight of Cups, you got Emmanuel Lebeski. And I was going to ask... The cinematography in Knight of Cups is dope as fuck. I was going to ask, how much of it is actually because Knight of Cups is, you know, a too challenging of a film? It's... Um, I don't know the if it's subject, challenging. The sub- well, it is. You know, there's scenes that switch to black and white and... Chicks painted and like, what's going on? It's a super double black it's, diamond. It's very much like an art that? film, and it's an I'm art. sure there are things that I don't understand to this day. It's an art student film. Um, well, I don't know that you can say that about Malik, right? Like he's an artist. Yeah, but no, it, it plays like an art student. It film. felt a little bit like one, and it felt like self parody. This felt like somebody trying to make a fake. Terrence Malick movie and and you know on the Simpsons or something when Barney makes that <laughs> that you know short film where he's putting the rose into the yeah. beer bottle and it says Finn like F I N at the end like fang. it's all Frenched out and I, I, I just, it, it's it's terrible but I think I appreciate that someone's trying to tell a personal story about some stupid artistic perspective that they might have there is, is no there is no redeeming quality about Independence Day Resurgence. No, no you're in right. There's no in any way, except for the giant cool beast running across the desert at the end. When it turns into a giant like kaiju movie, here's here's what I'll say. No, I didn't like that. I thought that was stupid. Fuck you. I want in- <laughs> I want Independence Day to turn into a kaiju. Why were film. they in a bus? That is one of the dumbest things that has ever been put into a Hollywood film <laughs> is Judd Hirsch driving a bus full driving of kids. a school bus full of kids around in a summer blockbuster running in, away in the middle from of the aliens in the middle of a desert <laughs> let's distract this giant cloverfield monster 
Um, so that's the worst movie of the year. Yeah. We figured it out, guys. Day resurgence. It, it, it seems to go in line with Terminator Genesis a little bit. Like these, oh, these gigantic misfires. Well, it's they're like trying to squeeze the last drops out of formerly great franchises, and they just poison the whole thing. I'm 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 a really big fan of what we've just done here, fellas. Biggest um, surprise: Swiss Army Man. Biggest. Big- Biggest disappointment would be Suicide Squad. Uh, best old film of the year would be Ensemble. And the worst film of the year is Independence Day Resurgence. Rightly so. I love all of it. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with this. <sighs> Guys, let's get to this main event here. We got two. These top ten films. De, la, de l'année. De l'année? What do you... What? what? De l'année? <laughs> How do you say of the year? <laughs> this is our favorite. This is our top ten. Who knows? Are these the best? Are these, these your favorites? The faves. It's whatever they're you my, want. They're this is my a, top ten. Yeah, totally subjective. It's whatever you make of it, man. So you guys can listen to what we think and uh, take it as you will. Let's get the show on the road. Show on the road. The main event is here, everybody. The main event. We're going to go around the room, okay? We're we're just going to do a circular... Maybe we'll go clockwise here. Round robin style. We're going to go round robin style. Red, lay it on us. This is the big moment we've all been waiting for. Counting down, what is your top... Like, Let's lay it out. Ten... Your 10th spot, I said earlier, kind of a wild card. Yeah, 10th spot is a wild card. My whole list, I think, is going to be surprising because this year was weird. It wasn't a great year. Not a lot of good movies. No. So things that made the top 10 may surprise you. Number 10. And this is your chance to maybe put a wild card on, something that you just want to fit just to sort of recognize in posterity. Number 10, in honor of the airport fight sequence. Captain America Civil War. Mm, okay. This is is this just Is this just your number ten wild card just so you can get it in there? That kind of is, get yeah. Nice. Just because of Spider Man and and being awesome the first time they got it right. Uh boom. Okay. And and this thing satisfied you in, in as a comic book lover? Yeah, I'm I because Ultron this, was not so good. Mm-hmm. And uh there's this, a lot of apologies that needed to be made. With. Yeah, this is things are heading in the right direction with this for me. So, um, I was very happy. Civil with Wars it. on your ten. Do you think critics were a bit too kind to that movie? Um, I think they they perhaps, might have they might have given they're it a very, generous, bit of, very, very generous, very generous. I may be, generous. and I may be doing such. I'm guilty of such as well. I think you're maybe feeding into that, man. Yeah, I but, don't uh, know if that's Ant-Man. a great movie. Ant Man was there. I don't know. I liked uh, Civil War. Everyone loves Civil War. It might it might show up later tonight. Ooh. Who knows? 
We'll see. Who knows? Mike, what's your number 10? Uh, well, this might not work, actually, because I was looking on IMDb, and they have the release date as January 6th, even though it actually came out on the 25th in some cities, and that's Hidden Figures. Okay. So I don't know if this counts as 2016. I might have to replace it. No, this film got nominated for a bunch of Globes. So it counts officially? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Hidden Figures. Just saw it recently. You just saw Hidden Figures. Yeah, man. Okay, so I heard this movie wasn't too good, but it's actually... I really liked it. It was was an interesting watch. Uh, I was in a theater full of women, and there was a lot of cheering at certain spots, and it was well-deserved following the lives of these three black women that worked at NASA during the... The space race and fake the moon landing. I yeah, love yeah, this yeah. movie. And how uh, the trailer for this made me not want to see it. Really? Yeah. It's incredible. It's one of the best feel good movies I've seen in a very long time because it's following three you know real women uh, and the lives and the struggles that they they had to go through. The segregation is in the film like during this time, but it doesn't necessarily take front and center. So it doesn't retread um, the same. Do they Disneyfy it? That's what I was. It really feels like a hallmark. Yeah, yeah. I guess I could see that a little, but it it's such a good story, and the 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 film itself is crafted so well because the climax is John Glenn's orbiting of the Earth. Cool, and you know he gets back okay, but even knowing that. I was holding my breath and it was like, it was super tense. So the film itself is a well-constructed uh, piece of cinema. Okay. Okay. That's, that's what I was, I think, going to ask you, like, aside from having a really positive message, you know, about race and stuff and, uh, it, it, it is actually a good movie. It as is well. actually okay. a good movie. Good, good, good. And all the whole cast is very good in it as well. It's, nice. So yeah, you got it, what figures. It, Janelle Monet and Taraji Henson and. Yeah, is it Kevin Costner's Viola Davis. Viola Davis. She's killing it, right? Fences and Is it Viola Davis? I think it might no, be. No, it's uh crap. Um but my number 10 is A Monster Calls directed by J.A. Biona. Hey, you were lucky enough to see this. You guys didn't get a chance, eh? Octavia Spencer. No, this yeah. has yeah. not <clears throat> been uh has it been widely released? It has. There's. It, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say widely, but there were a couple theaters locally that were showing it. It did expand outside of a very limited release, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it did expand into some theaters. Not a lot of people saw a monster calls. Um, I could see some people describing this movie as like overly sentimental and trying to be a tearjerker. That's why I wouldn't move it much Any higher, higher. Okay. up my list. Um, because it does feel a bit manipulative in a way. I mean, this this movie is about a little kid. It's pulling your heartstrings. It's the emotional it's response. It's going hardcore. Uh, it worked for me, though. Pull. Yeah. It worked mm. for me because it's about this little kid. His mother is dying of cancer. Um, and he basically invents this dude in his mind. Treebeard essentially comes to help him deal with uh, not just letting his mother go, but essentially the uh the guilt that he feels for maybe wanting her to 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 go early like he want he just wants the suffering to be over and he feels uh he feels guilty that he 
kind of wants his mother to die in a, in a weird way, and that's mm-hmm. why helping, okay. helping him process his feelings around his mother's death. But not just that about wanting his mother, yeah, to die, yeah, which is different that would be than a feeling around his mother's death. One of the feelings, well, but not just a regular feeling of just oh, I feel so sad because a family member has died. This is this is a different. Like, a, a, imagine the guilt that a, you know a child would feel over wanting it to happen to his own mother that's where it really that, starts to yeah. like get a stabby feeling into your heart and get you going <laughs> um but yeah number 10 a monster calls you guys got to see it it's it's really oh, really yeah, I, I i do want to i've been it, it's I, spectacular I'm, yeah number nine what is your number nine ten cloverfield, cloverfield lane, lane. That couldn't make your number ten. No, that's <clears throat> number nine. <laughs> I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> number nine is ten. Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, yeah, easy. I wanted this on my list really bad. It was on my list way earlier in the year. You know, I you, I, you really love this one. Eh? I do, I do. And you know, although uh, I really wanted to see a, mo- uh, a monster calls, and I have a feeling that it might have shown up on mine mm-hmm. as well. So. And there was another couple of movies that I didn't get to see this year, so uh, they may have pushed this around. But um, you know, things being as they are, number nine is ten, Cloverfield Lane. <laughs> okay, anything about it though specifically? You didn't. I love John Goodman. I loved uh, the way that it was so claustrophobic, and t- the tension was just like you could cu- you f- could feel it. You it know? was so oppressive. Yeah, it was. Uh, and you never knew what was going on, really. And then when they escaped, when they get out, the reveal yeah. is really badass. Yeah, that awesome payoff. Really that satisfying. You earlier, still not as good as Split, though. No. Way. Oh no, no way. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Ten Cloverfield Lane is is really solid filmmaking. Um. With a with a really tasty little cherry on top that makes you, if you're into sci-fi, it makes you really happy. Oh, it's so good! It's delish. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, mm. you, uh, you got a number nine, right? I do, and I'm just gonna say this. I agree. John Goodman's performance in that film was good enough to put it at number nine on my list. Oh, you guys <laughs> have the same jazz. Yeah. Nice. Ten Cloverfield Lane. Boom. Ooh. Yeah, uh, so do you think he'll get an Oscar nom for this performance? Probably it's not. Pretty unlikely, Which is unfortunate, right? because it, it is an amazing performance. He's scary. I, I don't think the Academy would even consider this film, which is too bad. Yeah, no, it's not up there. It's alley. not there yet. I think it's it also a, came out way too early in 2016 for them to have yeah, any... Yeah, well, it was March, right? Memory, yeah. But I do feel like this is the kind of one of the reasons why like I don't give a shit about the Oscars, because a movie like this that we all love... We'll never get love from the Academy Awards. Yeah, it I, might get like technical <clears throat> awards and stuff that nobody hears about at the awards the day after, you know. But it's never going to get the the big attention. He, he is such a menacing presence in this film. Yeah, and and the action sequences in this movie are just fists slamming into tables. Uh, oh, terrifying. Yeah, th- there's terrifying moments that are just based fully on character. Uh, I, yeah, I'm with you. This movie doesn't make my list, but it's close. Um, and it makes me excited for the future of the Cloverfield universe. Well, we got God Particle coming we up. We got so something else coming. We'll see what um, that's going to be like. Yeah. 
but yeah, I, I I hope that they sort of keep these things bare bones like this thing is because Ten Cloverfield Lane, total crowd pleaser, so man. Oh, good. Scott, number nine. Oh, you guys, you guys. Number nine is Deadpool. Ooh, that's lower than I expected. Wow. It's lower than you guys expected, eh? Yeah. At a long for a long time, I just wanted this as my number ten because I wanted to honor it in its wow in its pure form. But uh, yeah, number nine is Deadpool. I gave it a nine out of ten back on our review in February. We'll probably talk about it later on this episode. This movie is spectacular. This movie hilarious is hilarious. This movie is innovative. Yeah, innovative. It pushes the comic book form in an entirely new direction. Um, I think this movie is going to be imitated for years to come. I Which think is unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. I think that we're going to get memes and ridiculous, uh, self-referential, breaking the fourth wall, dumb shit in movies all the time now. Like every time I eat Mexican food. Like, you hear the word chimichanga, (laughs) you think of Deadpool. Yeah, I I just, every single thing about Deadpool makes me happy. This movie is brilliant. I'm in love with it. I want to watch it every single day. Awesome. Deadpool is awesome. It's number nine. So you want to watch it every single day, but it's number nine. If you watched a little bit of it at a time, you could watch, like, if you watched 10 minutes of of it. You could watch it every day. But I, for just, sure. I just, I love every single thing about this. Every scene is pitch perfect, man. This this movie, the has, fat is trimmed. Yeah, so I can't hard. wait to see what you got. But for there's, number there's one. Well, there's nothing in the movie. It, it's because it's a silly comic book movie with chimichanga jokes. That's why right, it's right. so okay. far down. But for what it's trying to do, every single screw and and panel. And and every single like his everyone's tie is in the proper order and top it, buttons it, done up, shirts tucked in. It's sharp as fuck. It's amazing. Nice. What's your number nine or number eight? eight. Number eight is Midnight Special. Ooh. So this didn't make it any higher, eh? No, Midnight Special, Michael Shannon, and the kid <laughs> Alton Meyer. Um, really cool. Love the premise. Love Michael Shannon. Always kills it. Uh, love the alien architecture. Um, I don't even know if there's aliens in this movie, though. Really, is there? The, well, Extra dimensional, whatever beings. you call it, right? It's it. I mean, yeah, alien in the sense of other. Yeah. Or elsewhere. There's some otherworldly stuff going yeah, on. This like sparkle people that is that are really like emotionally. Like it, I, I have a, an emotional response to the ending of Midnight Special that is really powerful. I think when, and it's just based on seeing this, seeing that city, other world, like this yeah. amazingly Tomorrowland, fascinating looking thing. It's it's Kirsten Dunst looks up at the sky, and there's this look of shock on her face, and then we get to see what she's looking at, and it's genuinely. It is amazing, just all totally surreally yeah. beautiful, unbelievable. Yeah, very nice pick, mm-hmm. Rand. Thank you. Okay. Number eight for me. That is number eight for Michael. <laughs> uh, it's our biggest surprise of the year, Swiss Army Man. Wow. Cool. It's low on the list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I uh, I had trouble ordering these things. It's a so, difficult task. Yeah, it's hard. Even though we say this wasn't a great year for films, 
There's a lot of great films. Yeah, there's at least 10 great ones. <laughs> so just to go over what we said previously quickly, the performances are great. I can't believe Daniel Radcliffe pulled off a corpse being an interesting character just with farts and <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't know how some, he does some groaning. I don't know how he has one eye half shut and his like, face is kind of lopsided. So good. Yeah, yeah. And the, just the inclusion of Jurassic Park, the se- like the soundtrack, the score of this film is one of its strongest assets and that it's amazing just for that alone. Uh yeah, so that's why it's number 8 on my list. Nice. Swiss Army Man. We're definitely going to talk about it much later. Oh, if you understand what that might mean, that might be a reference to it appearing higher in on honor- Scott's <laughs> list. In your honorable mentions? Oh, what? Get the fuck out of town. <laughs> um, my number eight is Deepwater Horizon. Oh, cool. The uh, Berg, the Peter Berg joint, Berg exploitation. Uh, yeah. So this doesn't feel again as exploity as. Patriots Day because it's a bit more personal, right? It's it's not as recent and it's a little more it, it, it's um it's not a terrorist attack and it's more about like the experience of those guys like yeah. it's yeah. really focused on yeah. being there and what they what they felt the, and saw. It, it's just essentially the story of the people on the oil rig when it exploded because when when people think of the BP oil spill they just think of the broken pipe. The damage of all, you know, the, all that was caused of the leak. It, they never thought that, oh, yeah, actually, like, 14 or 15 people died in a huge in a gigantic, disaster. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the way it depicts that disaster uh, is shocking and especially, epic. And I, I think especially of that, uh, uh, the woman who Mark Wahlberg ends up jumping off the... Uh, Oh yeah, Kelly Pad- R- Rodriguez? But when she's, Rodriguez. When she's on the bridge and she like goes outside and looks, and she doesn't really understand what's been happening. She's been looking at alarms and lights flashing and power going out and not really know. And then she goes and opens the door and looks outside and sees the towering inferno that's just you know a few meters yeah, away, tens of meters away, massive. And and just she comes back inside and the shock and her struggling to sort of yeah. process what she's just seen and is like whoa she's like i'm probably gonna die it's so crazy and, and what have we done right there's a lot of guilt getting Every, and, just and, and, and blame getting thrown around and well and uh <clears throat> i also liked in that film how hard it showed that they were trying to clamp down the pipe like they were trying to stop a leak from getting yeah. even though things were going to shit they were still trying to make sure that didn't happen well yeah and when you think about the amount of pressure like it's like geological pressure yeah. that was just blowing out of that the, pipe. The, all of that is so the scale of it is insane. And when we follow that little tiny pipe all the way down to the bottom, like we, it it, it just dawns on you, like what the fuck are we doing? Like this is <laughs> we shouldn't be fucking doing this. Drilling yeah, this like is... hundreds of like not hundreds like dozens of miles down, and then having this. This is not natural. Like oil shouldn't be doing this. Uh, we fucked this up large, and, yeah. and 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 again, the way that all of it plays out is feels so realistic and heavy and weighty. Uh, I think on our review, I compared it to Saving Private Ryan, only in the way that it it, it felt like it was ratcheting the intensity up to almost like like I felt like we were at war with the oil rig almost, and and it was almost like a battle 
sequence, the way it sort of was attacking them. Yeah. And, yeah. It, it is comparable it a, to the opening beach raid. Well, it's, uh, it's uh, horrific. It, it's yeah. a, there's a lot of horrific stuff in Deepwater like, uh, Horizon. The, yeah, the captain getting blasted out of the shower. Pulling the glass out of his feet. Kurt Russell just... Yeah. Awesome. Um, awesome. What do you got? Let's get your number seven. Number seven is Hell or High Water. Ooh! Uh, this was a really fun, um, really exciting... Uh, sort of fresh take on this Robin Hood bank robber thing. You don't get a lot of that. Um, it was something, you know, I, I don't often cheer with uh, gun-toting Texans, <laughs> you know? Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't normally think I would see eye-to-eye eye with them. These are the guys that voted for Trump, you know? But uh, this is a fun movie to watch, and... Uh, the idea of stealing money from a bank that's stealing money from you. It works every time. No one's going to hate. No one's going to fault any characters who do that, right? You yeah. know, that's always a noble Robin Hood-esque. And then, of course, old old Bridges is fantastic these days in almost old everything he does. Tapping in a little bit to the old uh, Mr. Cockburn, as he tends to do with the Southern guys, but uh, that's okay. And, okay. and, and his his amazing relationship with uh, Alberto, like his his oh, partner, oh. It, it, it's probably my favorite touching. Yeah, partnership. I guess maybe like like the chemistry between those two guys. It's my favorite relationship of the year. You know, like, that really works well. Oh. Yeah, and, and how 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 it works despite how racist it is yeah. is pretty <laughs> incredible. Yeah, they are really great guys that are really ruthless. <laughs> comedians basically oh my god jeff bridge is just grilling his uh his his partner for being you know apache or something and, and he's just saying like we well, know how you engines love your you know love the bottle and stuff like that like he's just ruthlessly racist to a point where it's endearing it, yeah. it's, it's and then incredible. his partner is you know equally throws it back yeah <laughs> and and the payoff not to spoil it if you even call it payoff, it's just a heartbreaking sort of oh, man. The emotional roller coaster oh. that is Hell or High Water, amazing, great film. That's why it's at it's, number seven that's for Jared. So, that's too low. Get the fuck out of town, Mike. Uh, well, this, we there's going to be lots of overlap, obviously, in these lists. So number seven, Deadpool for me, a mm-hmm. little higher than than you had it at nine. Ryan Reynolds. What what else can we say about this movie? It hits every note. Mm-hmm. He is Deadpool. Yeah. He does it well from that opening s- sequence of uh, ridiculous titles. It's like produced by some asshats, yeah. <laughs> written by some goddamn heroes. Starring yeah. like the most beautiful or star God's in Hollywood. Gift to women. Yeah. <laughs> like, when was the last time you guys rewatched this? I, I watch it quite often. I probably wa- watched it a month ago, maybe. Cool. I got it on Blu ray and it's on Netflix. So it <laughs> depends. Apparently, the Netflix cut slightly different, though. Yeah, it's it's different than the yeah, unrated. It's, yeah, yeah, it's softer. Yeah. It's an any timer for me. Like I said yeah. before, it's it's uh and and the way it succeeds with only having two action sequences, pretty amazing. So well done. Doesn't he, overdo it. Poking the fun at the studios, talking about not being able to afford the other X Men. <sighs> Hugh Jackman's face stapled to his under the mask when you realize that would have been the whole goddamn fight he had. That they're just. Oop, there's so many things it, that this film does right. The joke a minute. Yeah. Pacing. It feels like it would get ex- exhausting, but it never does. Like I, You guys like the airplane it's, movies and Naked Gun finesse. movies? Yeah. yeah. 
You you do okay because yeah. those get a bit exhausting yeah. to me because they're I like always airplane. you never get a sense of like a real story happening and Deadpool succeeds for me because there's genuinely a good love story between Vanessa and oh, yeah. uh, Wade Wilson like there's there's really good and stuff it, happening there and it commits to its jokes like the unicorn shows up quite a bit <laughs> and uh, the IKEA thing they don't they don't throw that away that's a a well designed yeah. <laughs> bit of comedy well, oh, what were you gonna Jesus. say Ren? No, uh, I nothing. I'm agreeing with everything you guys are saying. This movie is fantastic. Um, it is. I, we may hear about it yet again. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, my number seven is Midnight Special. We talked about it. Uh, I get kind of emotional when I think about the ending and what it kind of means and everything that... I said back on the review, good sci-fi allows you to sort of view the world through a different lens and a different perspective, and you can kind of imagine the world around you actually fitting into this sci-fi universe without you ever realizing it. Sort of, you know, like the Matrix. Mm -hmm. You can sit here and say, oh, I'm in the Matrix. Maybe it's real. You can't disprove it. And I kind of like that, the aspect of Midnight Special, the idea of this, you know, maybe there are people out there living literally living above us observing um that that's good sci-fi to me is when you get those kinds of plausible moments not not plausible but you can kind of envision yourself living in this universe without ever realizing it uh yeah midnight special you you kind of don't think the movie's paying off well until you get to that finale sequence uh it, it it redeems itself, I think, with just that finale. It's so satisfying when you really get the mystery solved. I wish Adam Driver got taken along for the ride, though. Yeah. Like, can I can I come with you? But he still got to see because the whole southeastern United yeah, States. There's a saw. big there's a big bubble that everyone gets to check out the sweet architecture. Yeah. So every I'm it's it would be neat to, to think about the follow up. I don't want to uh, sort of guess at it because there's no point to that. But. Yeah, uh, yeah. Midnight Special, my number seven, guys. What what is your number six movie? Number six is Daddy's Doctor Strange. Ooh. Yep. Uh, <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> yep. Cumberbatch. Uh, this movie I wanted so bad to put on my list because Doctor Strange is un real and it's so good no like this movie i think is not even getting enough it's such a breath of fresh air in the marvel universe yeah it brought hope back to me because there wasn't like like i have civil war on here but there's a ton of these marvel movies that do not land on any list of mine ever so dr strange was like ooh, okay you know, some of you guys know really how to do this very, very well. I I feel more at ease now that uh, these big plans yeah. that you keep talking about are not going to end up being brutal. And and the addition of Doctor Strange to the Avengers arsenal makes me super happy, super excited. Like you know, you okay? Fine, you, well, we're doing we're doing Avengers three. Knowing, oh. knowing he's in Thor Ragnarok and in Avengers oh. three, like yeah. Thor 
Ragnarok yeah. with Taika behind the... Oh, guys. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for a trailer for that thing. Um, but yeah, like having Doctor Strange added to the to the Marvel Universe adds so much freshness. I'm, yeah. I'm in love with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it, it's made me single-handedly more excited for the Avengers 3 and 4, like double feature thing that we're getting which like at this point we're getting kind of we could be getting really tired of marvel's well, shtick man they're, and, they're getting close to the end of their big plan i don't know they've got stuff going further now but this like the original plan was to end off phase three with yeah. infinity war and we're and, and we're gonna get two doctor strange there. we're gonna get two doctor strange films i guess right well, and, I remember and, when we were like they know what they're doing up to 2018 <laughs> that's next year <laughs> oh yep yeah it's almost over Phase four is almost over. They're going to need to start thinking super long term. Uh, Doctor right. Strange is a great pick for number six for me. It's awesome, Mike. Number six. Uh, number six. I didn't want to jump in as you were speaking, Scott, but here we go. Midnight special. Ooh. So all of the awe-inspiring scenes at the end. Just imagining that there is this extra-dimensional world just layered on top of us was incredible, and I loved it, and it affected me so much. But I won't talk about that because you already did. Yeah. So uh, it's a tight thriller as mm-hmm. well. Um, just how how it opens with Michael Shannon and Joel Edgerton and their chore- well choreographed move moving this kid in the at the in the nighttime. Like why are they moving at night? Uh, they don't they don't really say anything. They shut the lights off driving on the highway. It's so well. And- They're peeling the duct tape off. The sh- first shot of the movie yeah. is peeling duct tape off of a. Off of a peephole in a door, like that, it, like something bad. You don't, you don't put duct tape over the peephole when everything's going good. It sets this, <laughs> it sets this mystery so well. Yeah, and yeah. the way it delivers the information, night is vision second, goggles, second to none. Like when we find out later that Joel Edgerton, who was acting a little strange when he shot the uh, highway patrol, oh, man, crazy, right? When we find out that he is in fact a highway patrol, yeah. Man, you're like or state trooper, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which is a pr- highway patrol. Yeah. And you're like, what the shit? So it it drip feeds the information in such a great way that all of these reveals have impact, and oh, it's just so tight. I love it. It it and it really. There's not a dull moment. Like at any point. Like I think the, the scene where you're in that old weird dude's house who also left the church. Yeah. You're like, oh, everything's okay, you know, and then shit the whole fucking house starts shaking we run into the room and alton and this weirdo are sharing a light beam whatever the hell that is yeah you're like what is going on yeah yeah it it really never lets up it's such a immaculately paced and constructed movie yeah i love it yeah midnight special pays off real well uh my number six guys is tower Directed by Keith oh, yeah. Maitland, I believe. Another one that I wish I'd seen. Definitely check this one out as soon as you can. Uh, this movie gutted me. This movie pissed me off. This movie is beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's heartbreaking. Uh, it's about the 1966 gunman Charles Whitman. 19, uh, yeah, 1966 at the University of Austin. Yeah, I believe clock in tower. Texas. Yeah, climbed a clock tower, bell tower, I should say. It was a clock tower with, and just started unloading on people with a sniper rifle. Yeah, he was a former uh, military guy. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Shot his parents before he got there, uh, and they wow. did find out that he had a tumor growing on his brain 
pushing on his pituitary gland. Yeah, and he had spoken to doctors and stuff. And, and he'd requested his brain be examined. He knew something was wrong. Yeah, because um, he was having really violent thoughts. But, however, the beauty of Tower is that it barely even mentions his name. I don't even think it tells you who the shooter is until the final credit sequence, just in the it's just text. Uh, it's we, handled expertly. We only talk to the... Did you see it? No, no, but, but yeah, we only talk to the survivors and the people who are in the incident. And the real interesting part of this movie is is that it's an animated, rotoscoped documentary. So it looks a lot like Scanner Darkly or Waking Life. And to make it even more interesting, we have interviews with the survivors of this incident. And then those interviews are reenacted by younger actors playing... The, the the early 1966 versions of these survivors, and then they animate that. So they animate these reenactments. It's it's a very interesting way to do this, and it gets around the way that reenactments generally look kind of cheesy and shitty, you know? And they mm. kind of feel cheap and they disingenuous to a real event. But if you animate it and make it a little more impressionistic, like this movie does, uh, it, it brings this entire event to life in a really thrilling way surprisingly like i was on the edge of my seat this whole time these these crack shots are firing off from the top of the tower fuck i've read like accounts <sighs> of the day and that would be terrible like it's oh, so man. fucked i gotta watch it it's it's an amazing movie and it's it it, it has so much to say about today's he was economy okay. or not economy today's culture with gun violence just as like even worse than it was back then this was like the first oh he public even, shooting he did oh man it's so bad yeah um that's our 10 through 6 guys we can get to our 5 through 1 these are the big the big dogs are gonna eat soon hmm. uh we can take a little break though Is your number five movie of the year? <laughs> number five is a movie that I'm. I know we all enjoyed bigly. Uh, the nice guys. I, I knew this was coming. Oh, really? The nice guys. Yes, makes it way up there on the list. Number five. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is charming. Gosling. Not sorry. Ryan Gosling <laughs> is charming, um, and played slightly uh, a. A different uh, character than usual, so that was really refreshing. He's playing a loser in this, um, and you know his high pitched whine when he breaks <clears throat> bones and stuff. Like yeah, he was really, really funny and very he was physical. Very funny. Like, like very... I, I haven't got to laugh at Ryan since. Uh, oh, was it? Um, what was that show on YTV? It was uh, called Breaker High. That's the one. You know, he was pretty funny on that. <laughs> <laughs> so he's back to his roots. He, I thought he was really physical, really 
like expertly sort of like almost like this Charlie Chaplin kind of character. Like, yeah, showed some real chops, right? Like yeah, that yeah. we haven't seen. And yeah. and then the the um counter to that, right? Like the straight man almost uh with the of Russell Crowe of Russell Crowe. That duo just it's was absolutely perfect. And the story was great. The characters were so well developed. The daughter was lovable. Everything about this movie just really I mean, you anyone listening can go back and check out that episode of the podcast. We were glowing, I'm pretty sure. I wasn't as huge on it. I, I, I just thought I, I personally don't like film noir and I thought that the, the plots felt secondary to just throwing these two characters together and having them just play off each other. I mean, the, the the plot about being in regarding like emissions testing on cars or something, some scandal about that. It, it's really, it's really weak, man. I don't, but I don't, I don't know if that matters, you know, in the long run. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, their uh, their interaction is so genuinely entertaining and central to the the humor of the movie, kind of. Right, the humor isn't generated from this plot, this film noir plot. It's it's more just these two guys. Do not these lovable characters match, yep. but they actually like each other. And yeah, it's and then because the, they're good guys, relationship with it, they're the nice guys. Yeah. Uh, the relationship to his daughter is amazing. Ryan uh, Gosling, she's smarter than him, probably. Oh, it's beautiful, and and where he's you know saying there are there are whores here and stuff. It's like, oh, honey, honey, what have I told you about saying and stuff? <laughs> just, just say, say daddy, there are whores here. That <laughs> I just it's such a great and twisted, but memorable relationship with, with a father and daughter that we, I don't know. I don't well, remember she, seeing on she screen. She drives him home when he's drunk and she's it, like 12. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's a great, fun movie. Uh, Mike, what is your number five flick? Uh, my number five, spelling is important, Rouge One. Rouge One? I mean, Rogue, Rogue One. Rouge One. Okay, let me write that down. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that uh, little picture that someone did. It had all of the characters with like rouge on. Oh, it was I get it. Black and white and red. A lot of people. I saw it was, it was trending. The incorrect spelling of yeah, things. Yeah, Rogue One. It was uh, sometimes trends. Oh man, I love Star Wars, and this was one of my favorite Star Wars films. The space battles were amazing. It was refreshing to see a film without Jedi, even though I really love Jedi. And the Darth Vader scenes. The Darth Vader movie. scene was so good. Yeah. Like ah. Yes, this gave us characters, although they're not going to be in the larger universe, uh, but it gave us new characters that I really, really enjoyed watching on the screen and just loved the shit out of this thing. Yeah, I'm with you. That that was an honorable mention of mine. Uh, that's, it's, it's high up on your list. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Star Wars. Uh, Rogue One. Number five. Number five. My number five movie of the year is The Red Turtle. Oh, that's mm. another one in the queue. Directed by Michael Dewitt, I believe. Belgian film under the banner, released under the banner of Studio Ghibli, does not look like a Studio Ghibli movie. Uh, has a much more Tintin French look to its uh, animation style. Really intricate. I, I, I compare this to Jeff Darrow. I'm probably way off on that for people who love Jeff Darrow. Tell me, is there like much cross-hatching in this? Are you familiar with the term? Um, yes, there is a bit of the sort of angular shading and stuff. Yeah, there's a little bit of that, but I more mean... The so just, there are certain styles, and, and I wonder yeah, what... It, yeah, it's just the intricate animation of the Red Turtle, which is basically this, this man 
surviving alone on a tropical island. Um, and, and then the way the foliage is rendered in this is, is all by hand. But it is like thousands and thousands of individual leaves all drawn like... And moving. By hand. No, they're not moving. Um, it, it's very static looking, but uh, this film has no dialogue. Right. So on top of being this, you know, amazingly drawn piece it's it has absolutely no dialogue and is just completely visual driven um and without spoiling anything because you guys have to check out the red turtle um he does this this man marooned on this island he does eventually come across a woman and a family sort of arises on the island and it's about i guess more about the cycle of life and rebirth and reincarnation and uh these kinds of cycles but the ending absolutely guts me um and there's a nice little fantasy element to this movie that i don't know if i fully understand and i'm i'm still trying to work it out uh but the red turtle is a masterpiece i'm watching the trailer as you talk <laughs> yeah. holy crap the the yeah the the art style is phenomenal um but it really is the the character development between this man and his wife uh, and their son, who they sort of have to let go. And it, it's all about the cycle of raising a family and, and generations of of life, you know, passing the, the torch on and stuff. It's fucking amazing. Uh, Red, what is your number four? Number four is one. Rogue One. Oh, <laughs> okay. It's episode four, A New Hope, you mean. <laughs> um, and it's in the notebook, uh, Return of the Jedi. Woo! So we're just mixing and matching here. No, uh, Rogue One, number four. Um, I loved uh, The Force Awakens with the recognition that it was just rehashing old things that I already knew. Uh, but this one managed to be yet another fantastic Star Wars movie while doing new things, while showing us awesome new places, while not focusing on the Jedi, while not heavily relying on lightsaber battles, while only giving us a little tiny taste of someone like Darth Vader. This movie was awesome. Kicks ass. Even if you don't like Star Wars, you're going to like this movie. But if you don't, like Star Wars. What's wrong with you? You're an asshole. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. It's, number four is one. It's Star Wars has permeated the culture to the point of just like who isn't a Star Wars fan? You almost you right? are living an unanalyzed life <laughs> if you don't like Star Wars. Uh, yeah, what a crowd pleaser Rogue One is. That's all it's trying to do is just make everyone happy. You can't fault it. It's great. Oh, Mike. Number four. Uh, number four. I don't think this is going to show up on any of your lists. Uh, Zootopia. Cool. That's really high up for wow. for that. I thought this was one of the best. Obviously, thought it was one of the best films of the year. Uh, I found it very emotional and one of the few examples of a great story told in five acts. I don't see that often. So I haven't made it through this whole movie, unfortunately. Well, that's too bad. Um, I feel bad for you. <laughs> if without spoiling anything, how how does it pull off this five act? Structure. Well, what? What is? How does it? That, that that's pretty complicated. I heard this movie's has a real 
adult message about sort of race and and yeah, stuff like, like there's that. There's the segregation and fearing people based on you know their looks and things like that because there's the predators and the uh, the prey as it were, living together, mm. but they're super evolved now, but all of a sudden predators start attacking people, like there's a few cases, and everyone starts to panic that all predators are like this, so it's talking about the prejudice that mm-hmm. that comes up and deals with that in a very real way between the two main characters, who is a, one is a bunny, the other is a fox, uh, and the bunny, Judy Hopps is her name, uh, who wants to be a policeman in Zootopia, this great city, her parents give her some fox spray or fox repellent just because they want her to take it so they'll feel safer. Uh, and she was attacked when she was younger by a fox. And so she forms this friendship with this fox guy who's played by Jason Bateman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then when the chips are down, like she admits that she's still afraid of him and she doesn't fully trust him. So the way the, the acts work is she shows up becomes a police officer, gets assigned as a meter maid, and starts working on a real case about uh, some mis- some missing people, or some missing animals, an otter in this case, enlists the help of the fox to help her, because he's like the, he knows people, right? He, he's got the underworld connection. He's sly. So, I get it. So then <clears throat> we get to Act 2, where they're doing all of this research, doing their detecting, finding things, and Act 3 is this nice culmination of where they find all these animals, figure out, it's like... Something's going on here. There's a conspiracy. Everyone's covering it up. All right. We got it. We we, we figured out where these missing people are. But then it keeps going. But then it keeps going. In, okay. Because at the end of Act 3, that's when the betrayal of her saying that she doesn't really trust this fox uh. happens. And then we find out that this mystery that they thought they solved ended up inciting civil panic. Uh. And so people, like as a whole, start mistrusting the Predators and so she goes back like that. and tries there's to a, fix... There's a greater message And tries to on. fix what it was that she All inadvertently right. caused. All right. She actually quit being a police officer because of it. So then she goes back to fix this. <clears throat> okay. So it's... I, li- I like that. It's a really... I guess gr- I should... It's a really well done film. I, I need I need to power through that because I've only watched up to the sloth scene and then <laughs> and I kind of I kind of phase out. Yeah, no, I would... Like, there was a lot of great animated movies that came out this year. I think this is by far... The best. This is the best one because it, it just—it's so timely, and the social issues yeah, that it deals with—that sounds tight—are dealt with really That's well. Nice. Uh, my number four film is Hell or High Water. Oh, nice. What more can we say about this thing? It's—it's it's amazing, and it—and it. How can a movie that just this simple and boring sounding and basic, uh, how how it can have so much to say about I guess the state of America right now and where conservative America and West Texas America, you know, what that, how I don't think basic has to mean boring. I think it'd be, it it can mean simple and sort of elegantly done. It's it's, it's well, I mean, this is, this is, this is a textbook example of how to just take basic material or an L just craft an elegant story out of just building blocks that are completely familiar. Um, Mm. And Chris Pine is amazing. Ben Foster's amazing. Jeff Bridges, the little sort of snarl that he lets out after he fires his sniper rifle at the end of the movie, and just the supporting characters. What? What oh, don't you want? Whimper snarl. Yeah, it's a weird whimper. 
It's almost like a weird laugh. Well, that's the catharsis for him oh. getting revenge. And then basically. he starts crawling all over the rocks, letting his gut hang out. Uh, I mean, Jeff Bridges, he does not care what the fuck he looks like. No, he just wants... <laughs> he, he's an amazing actor. But just being comfortable in in your skin, no matter what it looks like, like he... That lets him do it amazing. Oh, he does amazing not, job. Oh, he does not give a shit. Yeah. Uh the, the movie, I think, is just characterized by people sticking their boots up on a chair and putting their finger in a beer bottle. That The movie, Hell or High Water, is just... It's about those boys. Dudes with their fingers in a beer bottle on the front porch. Why do they do that? I don't know. But it's West Texas. Fair enough. Red. Number... <laughs> we're getting into the uh, the podium here. This is some crazy stuff, guys. Number three. What is your What is your bronze medal? My bronze medal goes to a super sweet and lovable film that hit me out of left field. It's called Swiss Army Man. Right in the old heart area. Um, about being weird and being okay with being weird and uh, farting and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Jurassic Park and garbage and... Riding, yeah, the, riding, Army Man. riding the bus is the best. Yeah, riding the bus. I want to ride the bus every day. Every day. Uh, so Swiss Army Man, number three for me. You, I will you, not you, belabor. <laughs> you famously said that uh, there's a fart in this film for everyone, which yeah. I thought is that's very that, apt. the best way. Yeah, Mike, what do you got for your number three? Uh, the bronze medalist for me is, again, probably not on any of your lists, because I know you didn't like it nearly as much as I did, and that's La La Land. Yeah, I knew this was coming. Cool. I respect this. I I thought about putting it on mine as, like, my wild card, to be honest with you. It, uh... I I mean, I appreciate the musical genre much more than the new gents do, and I just thought this was outstanding for, for that. Like, right from the start, with that amazing... Like, the logistics of pulling off that opening scene... Mm -hmm are unbelievable dancing on like, the cars so complicated i was so worried about the people's roofs like they, there's so much damage they fucked up so many car roofs oh my god it. and uh <laughs> and how the story didn't play out in the standard cliche I, I loved the way that they committed to each of these people were in their lives they pushed pushed one another to follow their dreams but that didn't that meant they had to give up each other and that was i liked that it was uh it wasn't the standard Hollywood message that is bandered or pandied. Well, I can't. Yeah, bandied about. Bandied, bandied about. Yeah. Uh, so often. It feels. Yeah. It's kind of one of the reasons I didn't like it, though, because it's I like was gonna say, Hollywood patting itself on the back. It's being like, every sacrifice you've made was worth it because now you work in beautiful Hollywood and it's magic. But that's just me. <laughs> and it feels like we're. we're yeah, but we're I mean, following the lucky ones. Like we don't. I don't know if these are the most talented people. These are just. Yeah. What about the people in the cars? Like, yeah, behind and in front of everybody them? in L.A. What about everyone else in L.A.? You know, I, I mean, I, I thought the movie might have been more effective. What if you don't look like Ryan Gosling or Emma Stone? Imagine if they didn't get their fame and they lost each other, because that happens to people as well. That's true, but I think. That's a little unfair because you could pick apart any movie plot ever. You're right. You're right. It, it is true. That, so I'm not going to fault anyone. Shoulda, woulda. It's not fair to bring up. And I'm not going to fault anyone for sticking La La Land on the list. No, no. Uh, like it's it's so it's amazing. I just I love it. Uh, girlfriend loves it, and I, she listens to the soundtrack all the time. So I've got those songs 
firmly implanted in my head and they actually get better and better yeah. and better. Okay. Okay. Cool. So, cool. That's good to know because things like that can affect it on a rewatch if you love the song, you know? Yep. Um, yeah. Very nice pick. My number three bronze medal is going to Operation Avalanche. Cool. Not uh, a surprise. This movie knocked my brain out of my head because <laughs> I'm I'm a I'm a movie maker. I have the camera they used to shoot this movie sitting in my bedroom right now, gathering dust. Um, well, let's dust it off because I'm a complete failure. But so <laughs> this movie is a mockumentary about faking the moon landing that I find so believable that there. Aside from the Canadian accents, uh, <laughs> I, 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 for, for a lot of this movie, I genuinely feel like I'm watching some piece of footage that was edited together in the 60s, uh, and I, I, I bought into all of it, and, and especially because they're at the real NASA going into the real mission control. Yeah, there's some bad any, blue screen stuff in the mission control. It's bad, but I can't fault them because they're, they're using old footage. Um, they're trying yeah. It, yeah, my favorite scene in the movie may be perhaps the sequence where Matt Johnson, who's playing himself because he has to, because he's at NASA, and if he goes in as anyone other than and himself, says, well, can you call me Steve for this part? Everyone is going to say, what the fuck is going on? What are yeah. you filming in here? Because the ruse was, we're going to NASA to film a movie about the Apollo program, so that's why everyone's dressed in period clothing. They just didn't say it was going to be... About faking the moon landing. Yeah. Uh, which is ballsy. And as my hell. favorite sequence of the entire movie has got to be the Stanley Kubrick sequence where they go into a film studio in England and there's a hidden camera and we are watching Stanley Kubrick film the moon sequence in 2001. And my, my favorite part of the movie, Matt Johnson gets Stanley Kubrick's autograph autograph i just that makes me so happy like as, as an he, aspiring movie maker like i want to get stanley kubrick's fucking autograph this guy like made himself live the like he's he he, he wrote his own dream into the movie and like it doesn't um doesn't he say like when he's getting it he's like it's not for me it's for my friend can you just write matt to matt yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's a really tender and hilarious and f awesome moment that i like any movie nerd would it's uh, great it's great it's a great moment operation avalanche is just such an amazing achievement and 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 is a thrilling movie surprisingly uh there's a car chase towards the end of this movie that is to me on par with children of men it's not as technical as what's going on there but there's there's an unbroken shot that is all from the back seat of this car that is getting terrorized by yeah it's cia spooks i don't know that it's n quite that level it's not I actually found the movie had some pacing issues personally there was it's some not where tight I was a bit more. Yeah, it's, it's not tightly edited but i for me it, it's it's ambition completely outreaches any of the little issues that it might have like it's unlike any movie i've literally ever seen except moonwalkers i just wish it wasn't as shaky cam as it was if you're not a fan of shaky found footage it's a found footage movie yeah. through and through so if that's not your thing it's it's yeah yeah that it actually made me a little. I'm not usually that bad in movies, but it made me a little. I, I I've heard that from other people. Um, Interesting, but it's still a good choice. Number two, red. We're getting into the home stretch here. It's getting tight, man. It is. What do you and got? I think you guys are going to be surprised. Oh God! By just how much I actually love the movie the Deadpool. The accountant. Oh, Deadpool. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Imagine the accountant was number two. Yeah, Dead- on, it's probably Ben Affleck's number two. <laughs> but uh, no, for me, it's it's Deadpool. Um, you guys have said it all. I mean, this joke, this this joke, this movie is a joke a minute, um, and they're all great. Um, and the self awareness just means that they can take it to a whole new level. All the way down to the Stinger and Ferris Bueller talking about the potential sequel. Like, this movie is spectacular. It's fantastic because it's different from any comic book movie we've seen. And it's going to set... It, it, it has single-handedly set the bar, I think, a little bit higher. And the internet has high expectations for raunchy comedy, for, you know, like, R-rated stuff. Like Yeah, it will you, forget about it if it's not excellent. It, it, you gotta really... You can't just say it's R-rated for the sake of it. Like, it's this This better be hilarious, and the, the F-bombs, and the insults... And the have to be titties. Really funny. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just kidding. At I'm, the beginning, but... I knew we were in good hands when Deadpool says... You know, you smell like two hobos fucking in in an old shoe or something like that. <laughs> I thought, okay, uh, we're pretty good. When yeah. they're describing what he looks like, something, it's like y- yeah, avocados and testicles <laughs> and like it's just great. Yeah. So number two, Deadpool. Man, you can't go wrong. And and if if someone wants to give it number one, I wouldn't argue with you. I could yep. I could give you number one you on could Deadpool. Scale up and oh my up God. and down my list all day, and I'd be happy yeah. where it ended up. What do you what do you throw on your number two? Your silver medal is going uh, my to my silver medal's going to what don't you want? Everybody wants some? No. Oh, what don't you want? What don't you want? Uh-huh. We got hell or steak, high water. We got potatoes. Yeah, hell or high water. Tell me what don't you want? Yeah. The lady's arms in that diner when she's like, Do you want a T bone? What don't you want? We have talked about her arms give me nightmares. This is probably one of the major She's like points. a pterodactyl. <laughs> <laughs> it's we, fucked we've talked about how good the acting is uh from the main guys and it's a tight bank robbery story uh and jeff bridges and his partner's relationship but i mean the supporting cast too was absolutely outstanding just these nobodies uh with their little roles that yeah. really breathed life into it and one of the reasons that this is so high on my list is just a little speech between Alberto and Jeff Bridges about how all of this land is stolen. You know, you stole it from my people. Now the banks are stealing it from you. <sighs> um, yeah. Like, just so poignant into like what's happening. The fact that this movie had this great story at its center, but then was wrapped around, around the setting of decaying America was so good like just it showed how this impacted all of these towns it was great and it feels like there's something like the essence of america seems in some ways is living in west texas obviously not it's not representative of the whole country well, that's like the wild west right but but it, I, I, we said in the review there's texas which is a, has a reputation of being kind of wild and crazy but and then, then there's, west, there's texas. west texas which People from Texas go, those motherfuckers are crazy, right? So it is the, the it focuses on West Texas specifically as this very rough and specific place where the the economic downturn has been so bad, particularly for heavy, uh, and everyone has a gun, including like 
your mother sitting in the old bank waiting to put money in. It's like, of course I have a gun. People waiting to lynch people. Yeah, this this movie has so much color and so much it's just yeah. flavor. Uh, There's everything that it does. Yeah. I just drank in. I loved every second of this. Um, my number two film of the year, guys, is Swiss Army Man. And we have been over this. You know, there's a fart in this film for everyone. There is a fart in this movie. There's even really low rumbling farts that sort of tumble out of your butt. (laughs) Hey, hey guys, just sorry to interrupt. Um, None of us have said a very specific film yet. There's something I'm really happy about because I I just realized... We all pick the same number I just realized something is going on here. (laughs) But let me just talk about Swiss Army Man briefly. Um, I cried three separate times in this movie. I rewatched it last week. Uh, Swiss Army Man is so sweet and so touching. We've said it a million times here. Uh, the scenes where we get these montages where it's really about finding someone to fall in love with or finding a true friend. Everything about that works. And t- the movie just soars upon uh, just the, the feelings of companionship. Um, I mean, what a beautiful message in such a sh- shitty year of people being divided and fighting and fighting and, breaking and, and, shit. and this movie's just all it's about is acceptance all that it's about is finding someone to accept you for just being you and, and allowing yourself to let out your farts let out your feelings uh the scene where he's on the bus leaning against the window and they've got that scrolling those magazines sort of scrolling past just looking out the window but those beautiful moments those those tiny shitty Moments, those bittersweet moments of life, like they're recreating them out of the garbage and trash of society because they can't fit in. He, you know, Hank can't fit into the real world. It's, it's unlike anything that you you will see in any year. Mm -hmm. It is so unique. Um, it's, it's perfect. But there's a movie that is probably more perfect. And a film it, that it none of us like, have talked about are, are yet. We, are we going to say, are, let's count down? Should we all do the one, two, three thing? I don't know about that. Because it's <laughs> it's, it's so obvious. It's that, pretty hilarious this has happened. Are you guys are you guys kind of happy about this? Well, guys, it you, says something, I think. I'm so excited you guys chose, su- chose Suicide Squad <laughs> as well. Know. Oh my god, it's so happy, guys. <laughs> it really does say something about how good Arrival is. Yeah. That, that, that yeah, we we all unanimously number agree. one Arri- arrival. Yeah, Denis Villeneuve. This is, makes me really happy. If he doesn't get some recognition for this, then there is something really wrong. The, the Oscars this movie is. They might overlook him. I really think they might. This movie where is to begin? Oh, so where to begin? Perfect. Um, it it is a magic trick. This this film lays all the cards out for you the entire time, and it is waving its hand over in this direction and you have absolutely no idea what you have just everything has unfolded for you like from uh, the beginning from the beginning and and the rug gets pulled out from underneath you when you 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 realize what's actually going the on. real truth of what's going on and and the movie absolutely punches you in the gut um to me that i couple this with the short story i think red you might be doing the same the reason why arrival is at the top of my list is because of the impact that the short story had. Yeah, people need to read the Ted Jennings I haven't story. Read it yet. Mike but, didn't read it, but which, it's still at the top of my which, list. Which says something there. But yeah, that the short story is such a great compliment to the movie. Um, there's like there's a there's, I mean, 
what does it say that uh, my parents had seen this, and then I gave the uh, I gave the uh, short story to my dad, and he wouldn't he didn't stop reading the ebook until he finished that whole story, and I, and he was like, well, that was a bit longer than I thought, and I was like, yeah, it was longer than I thought too, and he's like, but it was awesome, and then he's like yeah. flips back, and we're pointing at diagrams and talking about like what the refraction of light means, and like it was so cool. This the the if you haven't read the Ted Chang, the story of your life. That is, as I, I, I've said this before, but this is one of the only times that a book is not better than the movie. The movie is not better than the book, but in fact, both become better when you have seen the other. Yeah. Consumed the other. They, they work so well together. I, I, I think it's because Arrival feels almost like a like an essay almost or almost like a scientific proof that's trying to get made and and having the textbook sort of to supplement what you've seen yeah it's yeah, it's like a textbook mm, and a workbook interesting. To show there's literally diagrams of like wave like light waves and how they behave light going through water uh yeah mike oh. arrival what 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 can we say here it's it's i don't know like it's <laughs> almost a perfect film it might actually be perfect, and I just was a little too. I gave it nine point five. Maybe I should have given this thing a ten. Yeah, but maybe. Uh, I should. Yeah, it, it might be a ten. And it's it's the best, one of the best science fiction movies ever, of all time, ever made. And 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 ha- so, without question, it's such a good sci-fi movie because it's a sci-fi movie it's not like hey aliens are here let's shoot them and stuff like that you could only tell a story like this in the sci-fi genre there, there is an element of you know what why are they here humanity's uh acting as if they would really act they haven't flat out started a war with these ships that are hanging in the air but we are standoffish as a race we, we don't trust things we don't know and we don't trust each other and we don't trust each other so seeing that portrayed so well in this as they're trying to peacefully figure out what is going on with these aliens they made contact who seem peaceful why are they here what's going on and the re- like the real protect or antagonist in this is humanity for the most like well and our, our we don't work to we work together to a certain point but we're or, hiding information and our, our disparate languages is almost the enemy right it's almost like a tower of babel kind of situation right our our differences um are are what are keeping us from well, uniting and, 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 and language is a big part of why not only we can't understand each other like on a language level but we also can't understand each other on a deeper level on a deeper level like on a psychological level like the, you know you can't understand the way someone you know in the middle east feels or somebody in south america feels um, until you understand their language y- and yeah, how they yeah. think. Not just because of where they are, but because of the, like, actually because of the language they're speaking. Because it shapes how you think. Rewiring your whole brain. Uh, yeah, that's an uh, amazing uh, thread through the entire film. I lo- oh, it's just... But again, that taken to to its to its sci-fi limits um, and, and the work, the, the, how time becomes a factor in in the film. It shows, like, the thing on that, too, is, though, it shows the language really isn't the thing that's dividing us so much because you can overcome that. We we do that in the film. We overcome this language. We understand what's going on. We can do that with everyone around the world. It's still the deep-seated distrust that humanity has of everyone else. Even understanding the language, that's not going to be enough. Like, that's what I got out of it. 
Maybe that's yeah, yeah, okay. And the, I love all the, the screens the, turning the tower, off. The Tower stuff, of Babel, yeah. I, I would argue, the languages wasn't the problem. It was the the fear of the other that was instilled with that language that was the issue. But anyway, that's yeah, a, that's a no, whole and that's that's and that's problem. sort of what the aliens are there to do. They're there because they require our assistance and to reunite us. We're not going to be able to assist them if we're busy just arguing with each other, fucking blowing each other up. Um, like, which is a theme uh, we've seen in sci-fi before, but this movie takes it to such a, a, a more mature level and a more sort of respectable level. Like sci-fi is often really pulpy and disposable and kind of trashy. This was cerebral sci-fi, and I, I well, I, I, I was feel, so starved for it's that. It's not an action movie. I, yeah. I, if, did you guys? Like, did you when guys, was the last time you saw a science fiction movie that wasn't an action? Exactly, film? Yeah. and an alien invasion movie at that. And, and I just think this movie feels like a step forward for the science fiction genre as a whole. Like we we, we have a spearhead film. film that you can sort of tell people who don't like sci-fi movies, which again we don't believe those people exist. Everyone is a <laughs> well, closeted sci-fi fan. Or if they do, then I don't care to interact with them. Well, you present this film to them. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I think this movie is undeniably amazing, and it transcends the genre of sci-fi to tell this deeply human story um, that when you really start thinking about it, you get you get a Denny Villeneuve gasp moment a little bit. You you go, <gasps> not as not quite as heavy. Not quite. There, there's one. Um, Who is this girl? <laughs> I love Arrival. We all love Arrival. It's it's the number one movie of 2016. We are unanimous on this. Yeah, I'm vertical really, viewing approved. I'm really excited, guys. Before we sign off, though, I want to know your honorable mentions. What do you got for me? Do you have any? Did any make? I got some. Your list, but then got cut subsequently. I'll or? throw these out while you're looking it up. So my honorable mentions are Moana, which is another I knew great you wanted that. another great animated film, but it just wasn't good enough to make the cut. Uh. Doctor Strange was on my honorable mention list because it's a great film. Uh, and even though it was a breath of fresh air, it it still was a, a an origin story. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like So it, it followed a little bit more generically than I wished. Deepwater Horizon. Yep. Everybody Wants Some because I loved that movie. Big time. Manchester by the Sea because I feel I have to. And uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. Ooh. So Kubo's going to get an honorable mention from me as well. Uh, love I, that. I thought we were disappointed with that one. No, I wasn't on the show when you guys reviewed it. I, I was yeah. out of town. I gotta give it props just for the style. Yeah, and anything it, that has its own style, you know, is is a risk. Oh, and and it's completely out of control. How intricate and detailed. Well, and to the me, stop motion is the that. reveal of what the two strings actually represent. I loved that part of the yeah, film. Yeah, some people really go to bat for this one. Yeah, it was. Really I believe it. Pretty touching. Um, I wanted the girl with all the gifts to be better, but oh. it kind of sucked, so I didn't <laughs> want to talk about it. Why did you talk about it? Um, I really, I love the first forty minutes of that man. Yeah, it had potential, but it sucked. Any others? Nope, not really. Uh, my honorable mentions: Doctor Strange. Yep. I really wish I could have squeezed it on. Uh, I might regret it. It might be better than Monster Calls. I don't know. It might. Uh, Rogue One. Definite honorable mention for me. Oh, yeah, you didn't have it on there. Wanted to get it on. Uh, Zero Days, the Alex Gibney documentary about uh, the Stuxnet virus. Ah, right. Really right. wanted to get that on. Really wanted my number 10 spot to go there. Uh, Moonlight, I've also gotten. 
I wanted to get that. How, how do you say that actor's name? Tervante. No, Hershala. Mahershala Ali. The guy. Mahershala Ali. Yeah, yeah. He's in Luke Cage, right? Yeah. Also in Hidden Figures. Yeah. Uh, the Light Between Oceans. Michael Fassbender. Oh, yeah. Uh, Heart Ripper. Finding Dory. Yeah, I thought oh, light, Finding Dory. Yeah, uh, I thought Light Between Oceans was way more heart wrenching than Manchester by the Sea. By the way, like way, way more. Uh, you also got Patterson, Hacksaw Ridge. Everybody wants some, and the nice guys. Hacksaw nice. Ridge, really? Yeah. I, I know I'm I'm alone on this. No, one. I, I'm with you on the shitty parts of that movie. Um, but uh, I I think that it. How ridiculous all the the first intro Christian time life movie <laughs> that is to go against the the, the the horrific war sequence like you literally feel like you're watching a a, a lifetime Christian film you know Until that's like G rated you're like what is this and and then, and then it, people get blown to bits a switch flips yeah um, I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned everybody wants some that, it's, that's it's, a film that deserves it's to be amazing seen. it's amazing guys. That is our show. That is our yearly second annual Oscar Isaacs. I thought it was dope. So the takeaway for sure is you have to see Arrival if you haven't. The, yeah, the takeaway is that Denny Villeneuve is absolutely a master of the best the craft, director on earth. And you should see all his movies. You should see uh, The Arrival because it's the best movie of 2016. Or sorry, just Arrival. Yeah, and, it, and you it, should see. Um, you could watch The Arrival. Incendie because it is. The best old film of the just year. Just a shocking and incredible drama it, that it, will. It reminds me blow a lot. Of, your socks uh, off. Uh, Arrival and Incendie have similarities, I think, a lot. Of, just in terms of the way they're structured and that, that final punch out that it tries to give you at the end. Uh, Denis Villeneuve knows how to build it and then just knock that you out. That is his biggest strength by far. Like, he'll just sort of give you these gut punches and then uppercut you in the last well, he's fucking sl Slowly working Blade the body, Runner. slowly working the body, then uppercut. Yeah. Blade Runner. Oh, Blade, it's, Blade Runner. It's going to fuck yeah. our heads up. Oh, man. Dune. I, oh, D -d Dune. He wants to make a <laughs> Dune I cannot. I uh, really hope that they come to an agreement and yeah. he makes that. He's so good. Gentlemen, it's been a complete pleasure. Always uh, is. I love you. I love Listeners. you all. Viewers, Thank you. Verticals, keeping it. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. At Where? Vertical. No, no. That's Vertical. Wilson BC. <laughs> That's it. With how many L's? Two L's. No. Oh, cool. Because I wouldn't have. I would have just put one. You wouldn't know, man. Two L's. Mm -hmm. Looks like the number 11. You are. I'm at Jared underscore Sergeant. Mm -hmm. I'm at Michael R. Lind. Nice. Not R as in A-R-E, but R as in, you know, the letter R. The letter R. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Stands for Rodrigo. Yeah. Uh, Miguel Rodrigo Lindo. You can follow the show on Twitter at Vertical Viewing, on Instagram at Vertical Viewing, verticalviewing at gmail.com. Let us know what your top 10 movies of the year. I really want to know. Yeah, send us a list. I mean, this yeah. is completely up to the listener. The viewer can just choose whatever. Go to Letterboxd if you want to check out uh, my honorable mention list. I don't know if you guys want to post your list somewhere just so that the viewers can... I'll throw uh, it up on Twitters. Uh, Twitters. Just at least see what's up. Uh, go to verticalviewing.com. There's a little shiny donate button there. Help us put this show on for you. Help us offset the cost of seeing movies. Uh, keeping those lights on. Talking about them. Yeah. Avoiding Casper ads, even though they can't be Somehow seen. we keep 
talking about for no reason. Over I'm and really over. sorry. But click that donate button. It's a PayPal link. Uh, anything you can do, we really appreciate. It's all hopefully staying ad free for y'all. So uh, you could also go to iTunes. You could also go to Stitcher. Uh, you're leaving us a five star review on iTunes, obviously. Uh, and some kind Sando. of some kind of Sando recipe, Sando Calrissian sandwiches. Ooh, please and thank you. Uh, next week, or actually in a couple of days, we're reviewing Split. You guys had a lot of fun with this one, this as did I. Surprised the hell out of me, good. guys. Split is fucking nuts. Go see it immediately. This would maybe top our lists. No, it's if not better it, than it's not better than Arrival. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, no, no. It would be on my top ten. It would for sure. Easily at this point. Easily. Mm. Uh, any final thoughts? We can well, put the awards show to bed there because we did this or this uh, list show in ascending order. You may have said that we kept it vertical. Oh, it stayed vertical. Yeah. 